Hello and welcome to another edition of Max Level, a video game podcast found on Level Down Games that's posted every Monday morning. I'm Brian, and over there under the mask is everyone's favorite lovable luchador, El Francaro. Hey guys. So, wait, what are you, what are you wearing? What? What? Oh, wait, wait. We don't need these anymore, do we? No. Yeah, yeah let's get rid of that. We're done. <laughs> no, no, more, no more evil headset ever again. Now you look like just a normal old luchador wearing a pair of earbuds under your mask. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, just, El, El Francaro just, picked up a new mic finally. Sounds way better. I know. Now you can all just enjoy my sweet dulcet tones. It's going to be nice. It's going to be sweet. <laughs> all right. Well, now that we've got the old throwing of the headset out of the way. Let's kick the show off the same way we always do, and that's with a recap of what we've been playing over the past seven days. What do you got? Um, I only played two games. You suck. Uh, you for a very suck. good reason, though. For a very kidding. good reason. Uh, first game is uh, Injustice had released the, the the new character Black Manta. Yes. Uh, so I've been getting well, you know, anytime a new character comes out for Injustice, I'm right there. I'm back into the game. I'm I'm battling that again. Raiden's coming soon. Very very soon. And I, and I call him Raiden. Uh, I call him Raiden. I don't know. I don't really don't know which one is the appropriate. I do believe it's Raiden. I think Raiden is a uh, middle years old. Um, either way, same freaking spelling. Either way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Black, Ma- Black Manta is really fun to play as. Mm-hmm. I like I like it a lot. Uh, but the other game, which should come as no surprise to you what I haven't played. I've been playing some Metroid. It showed up. Yeah. I got it. You got it uh, uh, last week. So I got, I got it on Monday. Once the episode came out week last Monday, today, I yeah. got um, nonstop. I mean, when I say I played two games, I mean, I played some Injustice. I've been playing this game hardcore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is so much better than I anticipated. Now, have you finished it? I have not finished okay. it. I've and heard take- some massive things about the end of this game that I'm not going to spoil for you. I've been taking my time, really soaking it in. I like the new mechanic. Um, what I they, what they, I understand, there is a huge, there's a huge reveal at the end of this one that wasn't in the original game. Oh, awesome, awesome! Yeah, so I, I, I'm looking forward because yeah, they've they've. They, uh, if you notice, I'm talking very general. I don't because there's things along the way I don't do not want to spoil at all. Of because, course, of course, of course. Um, trust me, the original game is still in there. It's you know, there's a lot of things I remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's been it's changed so much that it's a fresh experience. Graphically, it's it's top notch. Um, I mean, this game it looks so good. I, I could practically see it being played on the Switch. It's crazy that the 3DS has been out for so freaking long, and it still has actually like good quality looking games coming out for it in 2017. I could I could legit see this being played on the Switch. It looks so good. I'm surprised uh, they didn't put it on the Switch. To be honest, I if they would have put it on the Switch, I might have picked it up day one. I really might have. I haven't picked this up yet, and I, I am going to. But if it was on the Switch, it might have been a day one purchase for me. Yeah, I mean, I can't talk highly enough of this. Um, it's every improvement that I've ever wanted from the Game Boy version. Much, much better, tighter controls, mm-hmm. uh, shooting in all directions, and uh, they did they did it right. It's almost like they fielded, you know. Th- the feedback over the past was it been almost twenty years now? Very, very long time. <laughs> Got me myself feel old uh, just saying it. Right. Uh, but yeah, but it seems like they fielded all the, the the negativity and they found a way to make just get rid of it. It just it's stunning. Mm-hmm. Like just for me knowing what this game is and it, it's like it's it's like Charlie walking into the Charlie fact Charlie factory. I'm like oh. I've got a golden ticket. <laughs> yes, and that's how I acted. That's how I acted. I actually caught the you know 
N- never once have I ever caught the UPS driver. I caught the UPS driver, and I was there like a little child, like, please, sir, please, sir, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> G- gave him my game, and I just forced myself in here. Of course, it showed up an hour before I had to go to work, which mm-hmm. is absolutely horrible, which means I got to play the game you for... Mean, you mean you weren't sick that day? I should have been. Don't get me wrong. I played that game for 45 minutes. Oh, and I was like, good, solid 45 minutes. 40, 45 minutes. Go, go comb it all up, clean it all up, and straight to work. Put the mask you know, on it, and take out the, head out the door. Yeah, for some reason, they don't like him wearing this mask to work. I do not why. You know. They got to get, get with the times. I'm wearing it for their protection, okay? They got to get with the times. Exactly. Yeah, luchadors are running wild. Lucha lives matter. Lucha, Lucha mania running wild. Oh, yeah, brother. <laughs> now... I happen to know that you've been playing a lot of games. Yeah, and I think it I mean it's it's becoming a, a common theme. I play a ton of games every freaking week. Uh, I'm gonna start off with a game that I put up for review uh, Tuesday, early early Wednesday morning, like 3 a.m. on Wednesday morning. Uh, Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony. This game actually comes out this week. It is so good. Um, I gave it a 91 on on Level Down Games. If you oh, have, wow. if you haven't seen the review, the text or the video version, go check it out. Really well done. Um, obviously, I wrote it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, and he's very, very modest. <laughs> um, I'm such a huge fan of the Danganronpa franchise. I was a big fan of Trigger Happy Havoc. I really liked um, Goodbye Despair, the second one when it came out, and then I even liked the spinoff, Ultra Despair Girls. I thought that one was actually really well done. But there's something about this one. I can't say much about it, obviously, without spo- massive spoilers, like massive, massive, massive spoilers. And one of the things that NAS America did when they sent copies out for review, they said that you cannot show anything past the first trial, like the first class trial. And I understand why once I got to the first class trial, like once I started playing it um, and I started, you know, actually really putting two and two together. Obviously, I don't know if you know the premise of this game. So Danganronpa is a killing game Um, and you get like these ultimate students and they are gathered in the first game and the second game. It was Hope's Peak Academy. Uh, no, sorry. The first game was Hope's Peak Academy. The second one was on an island. Um, but there is again. I, I I think it's safe to say I can I can go a little bit in a spoiler for Danganronpa two. Uh, you all you find remnants of Hope's Peak Academy on the island. Um, but how it ties together is pretty freaking cool. But um, Danganronpa V three takes place at the the Academy for Gifted Juveniles. The Ultimate Academy for Gifted Juveniles is the name of it. It's under construction when you start playing the game. It slowly builds up as you play it. Like, you unlock new areas through various means. Like I said, I'm, I'm trying to avoid as much spoiler content as I can here. But the game revolves around 16 students that are considered Ultimates. So you have, like, in this game, you have, like, the Ultimate Pianist, the Ultimate Anthropologist, the Ultimate Astronaut, the Ultimate Inventor, the Ultimate whatever whatever the case the ultimate tennis player like that's Danganronpa 3 but if, what's that is there the ultimate luchador there is not there hasn't been that's yet right. there hasn't been he's yet. right here baby right <laughs> but um no so the other two games obviously they had different ultimates like the first game you had you were like the ultimate lucky student um and the way this works is that you've been captured or summoned here or, or however you got here by Monokuma this evil bear and in order to get out, you have to kill somebody. And so the way this works is that, you know, you're locked in this school, you're locked in this area, you're locked in this room, you're locked in this whatever it is that you're locked in. And in order to actually graduate, which means escape, you have to kill somebody. And then 
survive the class trial without getting caught. If you survive the class trial without getting caught, um, everybody else dies except for you. (laughs) (laughs) So you kill somebody. Um, Obviously, you're not killing anyone in these games. Like other people are committing murders and trying to escape or or whatever the case may be. Um, You know, that so you're doing these things and the the obviously obviously the intention of the murderer or the the suspect or the culprit is to successfully avoid being detected through the class trial by lying or whatever the case may be and then if they if you know if at the end of the class trials everyone takes a vote and they vote on who they think who who they think the culprit is if everyone votes incorrectly then um the the blackened which is what they're called in the game would graduate be able to leave go back out into the real world everyone else would be executed um, however, if everyone votes correctly and they correctly pick the blackened, the blackened is executed because they committed a crime, but they got caught. So that's how this game plays out. There's different chapters. When a murder happens, you go into investigation mode. You have to piece thing like piece what happened together, find clues, get testimonies, get alibis, that kind of stuff. And the real meat and potatoes with the game, obviously, is the class trials. They're super, super fun. Um, you know, you're going, you're doing, it's like, a little bit of Phoenix Wright. You're arguing people. You're you know you're coming up with counter objections. You go into nonstop debates. They have mini games for you to play, like Hangman's Gambit, where you're trying to discover words. Or they have like a crazy taxi version where you're picking up cubes to make words. Uh, they have something where you're flipping over color pieces to actually, um, you know, to to make an image in there, kind of like Minesweeper or things like that. So they give you a lot of different unique things that you can do. But there's something major that happens in the first chapter. And I get, like I said, I get why they said do not stream or show anything past the first chapter. And in fact, the PS4 uh, stops letting you take footage once you get to the first class trial. Oh, they actually. Yeah, so they okay, block it. Cool. Obviously, you can still stream it if you have a capture card on your PC and you have the PS4 or you're streaming the PC version or whatever. There's, there's nothing they can do to stop you from that. But if you start streaming it on Twitch and they see you do it, or if you're uploading videos, they're taking they're, um, they're doing strikes to take them down because they don't want spoilers out there for this game. I, I, I think it's safe to say that if you really know what happens during chat, like at the end of chapter one, or even more at the end of the game, Spoiling either one of those t- either one of those two things for you before you get there and see it yourself, I think would turn a lot of people off from playing this game. They're mm-hmm. that they're that massive, especially the one that happens at the end of the game. Very very massive. Um, so if you're interested in playing this, do yourself a favor. Do not accidentally look anything up on this game. Just literally go into it blind, and then if you need help, just struggle through it. Find it out yourself because if you accidentally see a spoiler, you are going to be mad at yourself. <laughs> um. The next game I played, I've, I've been playing Senren Kagura Peach Beach Splash for review. I sent you the trailer for this one the other night. I was like, you know, check this game out. That's kind of what I'm currently playing right now. It's insane. So Senren Kagura, obviously, it's uh, a lot of people know what it is. It's the shinobi fighting game. What's like the um, the voluptuous girls. I, I mean, to put it, you know, as PC as possible. Um Puppies! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're basically these, you know, shinobis with... Um, Extremely nice bodies, and that's just what the appeal of the game is. This one here takes it a step further. It, it takes place in summer, and Peach Beach Splash is this annual event that takes place every year dealing with water guns. So the Shinobi girls are out there, and they're basically having water gun competitions. It's very much like what uh, Extreme Beach Volleyball was to Dead or Alive. 
Okay. Um, so except instead of playing volleyball, you're shooting. You're, it's like a multiplayer shooter with water guns. It's unique. It's actually kind of fun. I like it. <laughs> uh, the story, very nonsensical. The story doesn't make any sense. And really, you're not playing the game for the story. Um, but yeah, the story's silly. Really not even worth paying attention to. They, there are some moments that are that are kind of, oh, okay. You know, like I, I kind of got interested for a few seconds. But it's the gameplay is really, really fun. Um, I didn't think an actual multiplayer shooter with water guns would actually be kind of fun. But it is. Um, the next game, I have six games again. I had six games last week too. The next game I've been playing, Hidden Dragon Legend. This was a, a shock to me. I actually, this code just randomly showed up in my inbox um, last week sometime. And I, was, I looked it up. I was like, this actually looks kind of good. It's from a Chinese developer. It's a 2.5D action game with beat-em-up style gameplay. So similar to like Final Fight and things like that. Um, except you're playing as... A samurai, more or less, with a sword or and daggers, and you're just going around. You you progress. Through, it's it's all side scrolling, a two point five D side scrolling. So you you progress forward, and so you know you're not moving towards the screen or away from the screen. You're always moving left or right. Um, every so often, you'll get to like a screen where a bunch of enemies will jump out, kind of like you know, like those like beat 'em ups do. Like you would move yeah, forward, it's... and then enemies would start rushing in. Uh, you attack them all, and then you move, keep moving forward to the end of the level. There's a lot of hidden secrets to find, a lot of like shrines to find throughout. Like there's hidden paths you can uncover um, if you backtrack a bit and like you know jump up on stuff. Like you can find hidden areas. It's it's pretty cool. It's fun. It has a lot of issues. The game is it's kind of a mess technically at endpoints. Like it it doesn't run as good as I, as I was hoping it would in certain points, but it's a lot of fun to play. Um, I'm having a blast going through it. I think I'm on the third or fourth chapter right now, and I don't even know how many there are. Um, it's a lot of fun. Hopefully, I'll have a review up soon for this game because I'm really enjoying it. But like I said, it is it is kind of a mess in areas, and I know that's going to hurt the score when I when I actually sit down to actually think about what I want to give this game. Uh, but I actually think this might be something you would like. I know you like I, these kind of games. I, I really do. Uh, beat 'em up, side scrolls like that, Final Fight, uh, Simpsons arcade game, Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. Those are all great games that I could just sit down and play for hours on end. Yeah, and the fact that this is a Chinese developer, pretty cool, because, you know, there's not a whole lot of Chinese development studios. Yeah. Um, the, the, they're, they're slowly breaking in. Uh, they are, they are, they are. But this one here, like I said, it's... I hate to use the cliched comparison of Dark Souls, because I think it's overdone, but they borrowed heavily from Dark Souls for this game. So, like, certain enemies, you have to, like, time your dodges and, you know, watch the attacks of the enemies, and that way you can actually get around without actually taking damage. Because there are some enemies as you're leveling up, because you do, when you uncover shrines and stuff, you're actually increasing your HP and that kind of stuff, and your strength as you find new weapons. So when you first encounter, like, a new enemy, a lot of times they kick your butt. I mean, you know, they destroy you if you get hit. So um, you have a limited amount of potions that you can use. You can have up to 10 and you have to spend your souls, so to speak, I think they're crystals in this game, to buy new potions or buy new skills or upgrade your abilities, that kind of stuff. So it works very similar to how um, how Dark Souls is. Uh, the next game, I got a code for Blue Reflection, a game that I know you and I have been talking a lot about. We've watched a lot of videos on it on Game Oracles. I can't say anything about this one yet because it's still under embargo as of the time that this video posts. So keep an eye out for my review and my thoughts soon. Good, good game, 
I can't say yet. <laughs> I'll pick his brain off the air. You'll see my reaction on Twitter. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, guys. I would never do that. I no, wouldn't, no, no, I wouldn't, I uh, I wouldn't break the rules. I know. We never would. But um, the embargo is up soon after this recording goes up. So I will have my review up, hopefully, at the exact time the embargo lifts, just like I did for Danganronpa, just like I did for Ease 8. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to power through it. Obviously... This is a tough time for me. I've mentioned it before, but we are building the new studio. Jessica and I are relocating our living area. We're still in the process of doing that. We have about a week and a half left to go for that until we're officially out of this area, out of this space and into our new space. Once that's done, I'm going to be on Twitch all the time. And my, my schedule is definitely opening up because we're, we're doing all this to give me more time. Um, to actually commit to level down games and commit to, you know, Twitch, commit to YouTube, all this stuff. So, um, you know, we're doing all this in order to hopefully improve level down games and improve our content. Um, but yeah, no. And, and like I always say, if there's one thing that Brian needs, it's to be committed. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, the next game I've played, um, and I can't even say that I played this one. I got the code for Cyber Dimension Neptunia 4 Goddesses Online. Um, I got it like a month early. I got this early last week and the game doesn't come out till October 10th. So I got it like three and a half weeks early. I think I got it on like the 12th or the 13th of September. Are you able to talk about that at all? Or It's not under embargo, but I haven't played it yet. So I could talk about it if I played it. They actually, okay. they actually don't have an embargo for this game, which I, I think is actually kind of cool. So as you play it, you're, you're, you're free to talk about it. As soon as you're done with it, you're free to post a review whenever you want. Um, unfortunately, all I've done was watch the opening movie watch the stuff that I could until I was able to save and then I saved and stopped playing. That's all I've done in this game so far. So I don't even feel right mentioning anything on it because I haven't played it yet. Um, the last game I played this week. Um, so Divinity Original Sin 2 recently came out on Steam. I know both Elfrey and Caro and I are very excited to play it, as is Justin, our player three, who's never here. Um, <laughs> uh, I got a code from Larian Studios for Divinity Original Sin 2. However, I don't have time to start it yet because of all the stuff that we're doing, you know, the move and stuff. Once we move, I'm actually going to start streaming this on Twitch. And Justin actually expressed interest in possibly doing it multiplayer with me on Twitch. So we'll see how that goes. But I still have Divinity Original Sin on Steam. And I, and I decided to chip away at it a little bit. I never finished the first game. I decided to chip a little way, away at it a little bit throughout the last week, just when I had downtime, like when I was waiting for a video to finish editing or something, and I didn't want to get up because it was like 30 minutes or something, and it'd be pointless to go upstairs and start playing something else. So I fired it up on Steam and just started playing. And I forgot how good Divinity Original Sin is. It's so good. Um, I probably, I didn't put much time into it this week. I think maybe two or three hours max, like I said, just while waiting for videos to finish encoding. Um, but I kind of want to finish it now before I start Divinity Original Sin 2. Obviously, the games are not, from what I understand, they're not directly tied together. Like, you don't have to have played the first game to really understand what's going on in the second because they're, it's like Dungeons and Dragons or different campaigns. So yeah. not everything's going to, you know, it doesn't tie together or anything like that. But I feel like I'm close to the end of this game. So I'm hoping maybe by the time we actually do finish our move, because we're, we're, we're actually done moving by the second week of October. That's why I keep saying we're, we're getting close to being done. Uh, by the first weekend in October, we will be officially out of our area now and into the new studio, into the new living arrangements. So by that second week of October, my schedule is going to start opening up. I might take that week to finish unpacking and setting things up. So I might not actually start streaming on Twitch and really setting my new schedule into place until like the week of October 16th, which would be uh, the third week in October. But I'm hoping by the time I move and finish this move, um, I might be able to finish Divinity Original Sin. So really, I'm giving myself seven or er, 
14, not even 14 days, like 12 days to finish it. But that's hoping that I can finish it within like five more hours. I don't know exactly how much time I have left. If I can finish it within five hours or so, I'll finish it. But if I can't, I'm going to jump to the Divinity Ridgeston 2 as soon as I can. Because I am so excited to get to that. <laughs> that one looks so good. But um, that's all I've got for what I've been playing this week. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have anything new to talk about next week. Because not really, I don't think there's any codes that I'm expecting. Obviously, something could show up that uh, that I'm not expecting, kind of like that Hidden Dragon Legend, which was, like I said, total surprise to me. Um, so I could get something, but uh, and actually, no, because we're not going to get it. Never mind. I was going to say there is something that I'll have to talk about for next episode, but Amazon delayed our shipments, so. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> but uh, no, so we'll see what I have to talk about next week. It might just be more of the same, but I always, I always like talking more about the same games too. I feel like I haven't ever talked about the same game twice in max level. There are times when I have, but I really, I don't usually talk about the same game twice. And I try to cram so much stuff in that I need to get back to some games too. So we'll see. I might, I might actually dive back into the backlog this week. I got like six games I still need to finish. So yeah, you need to chop chop. I know. But uh, all right, well, let's jump into the weekly scoop. Um, we have 21 items on the docket for this week. Uh, again, we have a lot of news coming out of Tokyo Game Show, but then we also have a lot of news for other things too. Some stuff that I think you might find interesting. Um, Tokyo Game Show was this week. You wouldn't know because you weren't freaking there. Some of us. <laughs> I was mainly you. I was there. You weren't. Don't know there. how to don't know how to communicate to El Caro to wake his butt up. Well, I sent you a text and you slept through it like I knew you would. <laughs> okay. When you, when you lucha all day, you gotta sleep all night. Sorry. <laughs> next time. Next, next time. time. Next time you'll be there. Next time. Uh, actually, uh, Thursday you'll be there when we do our reaction video for Red Dead Redemption Two. They're releasing their new trailer. I don't know if that's in the news. If it's not, it probably should have been. But I'm saying it now. This will be the official 22nd item if it's not actually in the news. Um, let me look. Did I put it? I did put it in there. Never mind. You'll you'll get it later. <laughs> yeah. Little tease, little, little, little sprinkles, little tease, little tease. We're gonna kick things off for the weekly scoop. Our number one item this week. I want to run down briefly. I think I spent too much time running down the stuff that happened on the Nintendo Direct last time for the weekly scoop. I spent like twenty minutes going over everything that happened. I want to briefly mention some things that are worth noting during the Sony PlayStation Pre Tokyo Game Show conference. The first thing we got the release date for Monster Hunter World. Um, that is coming out on January 26th. I'm super excited for that game. I can't wait to play it. We got an announcement for Left Alive coming from Square Enix. It's a uh, supposedly it's a single player game according to Steam. We, we that was the shoot. That was the shooter. That's the survive. Yeah, the shooter survival action game. That one looked good. Yeah, that's set in the same uh, universe as Front Mission. Um, which hey, I'm down. I, I liked Front Mission as a as a game. Um, but no, actually, I think that's part of the news later, too. So another little tease, another little tease. <laughs> I like how, uh, yeah, I keep forgetting what I put in the actual weekly scoop for this week. Um, but no, Left Alive was announced. It looks good. We found out it's probably not going to be online, but it's from a fantastic team consisting of people that worked on Armored Core, Metal Gear, Xenoblade Chronicles X, Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts. It's awesome. I can't wait to play this game. Um Shadow of the Colossus got a new trailer for PS4. It looks beautiful, gorgeous as ever. Can't wait to play that. Coming sometime in 2018. Uh, Final Fantasy IX was stealth announced and released for PlayStation uh -huh. 4. I want to get back to I want to not get back. I've already finished this game when it was on PlayStation. 
I want to play this again. Final Fantasy IX was like a love letter to old school Final Fantasy fans after seven and eight, like ones that, you know, kind of missed how the game used to be. And before they went off and started doing, you know, games like 10 and, you know, 3D environments. So Final Fantasy IX really is like the send off to the old school style of Final Fantasies. It's a beautiful game, a gorgeous story. I, I love it through and through. It's so good. Um, a surprise announcement. Zone of the Enders, the second runner, is getting a remaster with full VR support. I don't know if you were a fan of Zone of the Enders. I was. I'd say it, it look, I look good. Like, yeah, Zone of the Enders was uh, Kojima and Konami before, you know, before a lot of that other stuff. Um, it does look good. It's coming out sometime in spring 2018. Um, I'm hoping to get to check this out because this looks really, really good. Uh, we found out that Noctis is joining the fighting cast of Dissidia Final Fantasy NT, Noctis from Final Fantasy 15. So I'm hoping that I'm able to get El Caro to play this game when it comes out because it is a fighting game. So we'll see. You, you might take me kicking and screaming, but. I do play me some fighters. I know, I know, I know. Uh, a leak that we mentioned last week, Dragon's Crown Pro, it was confirmed for PlayStation 4. Um, this is going to be a enhanced version that features 4K support. Uh, it was only announced for a Japanese release date right now, but I'm sure that we'll get it eventually. We got the original game, so I see there's no reason why we wouldn't get it here in North America as well. Something cool, a VR music festival is coming to PlayStation VR, only in Japan right now. But um, I don't know if you saw, you had to have seen this when you watched my mm. reaction video. It was like the concert and stuff that they were showing. That's what That's I wanted such, VR for. That's that such, such a cool, cool concept. Idea. I know. It's so freaking cool. And it came out um, on September 20th. So it's already out in Japan. It features music from Gravity Rush, you know, these other awesome Sony franchises. You just get to sit there and listen something you and I both would enjoy, obviously, with our BG Mania podcast. We love video game music. You sit there and listen to an orchestra playing video game music, and it's like you're there. You can look around and see things. That's what I always envisioned VR being. Like, I, I'm cool with playing games in VR, but I want to go to a concert in VR. I want to go they, to a sporting event in VR. If they could do, like, legit events like that. I like, want to go to well, WrestleMania in VR. I, I would say I would love to go to Coachella, but not be around hippies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how awesome would that how awesome would that be? It would be amazing. Like I said, going concerts and sporting events like WrestleMania or you know anything like that is what I envisioned VR being and that's I'm we're getting there. We're taking small steps there, but I do think we are going on the way there. Um I'm just so excited for it to come to that. I think it's going to be so cool when it does. But um I think that's everything that I really wanted to mention that I picked out that was big. Um Everything else was kind of more centered towards Japan, so yeah. I think it's not worth mentioning until we get some official confirmation that it is coming over to North America as well. So let's move on to our second item. Uh, Atari and Fig have announced a partnership to develop and publish two new games. So I'm wondering if this is anything to do with that Atari box console that we talked about on a previous episode True. of Max Level. Um, it says here Atari, through its Vagabond production subs uh, subsidiary, has announced a partnership with community publisher Fig. Obviously, Fig being the, uh, you know, that Kickstarter can Kickstarter thing or crowdfunding thing that lets you have a ownership in the game. They're making that game with the kitties. Yeah, that's not going to get funded. It's sitting at the same spot it was when we looked at it um, a week and a half ago. It hasn't moved. It's still at 16%. They're down to two weeks, and it's still at 250000 It's not going to get funded, unfortunately. Mm. So we are never going to get to play The Good Life. Damn. But um, no, they've, they've announced a uh, partnership to develop two new video games, one of them being a reboot of one of Atari's most beloved IPs, and the other being a brand new IP from Atari. 
So I am very intrigued to see what this ends up being, because if this has anything to do with the Atari box and they're doing brand new games, I'm getting more excited for the Atari box. If that's what the Atari IP do you think they'll redo? E.T. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pitfall? I don't know. Like I said, the, thing, the first thing that came to mind was E.T., but I know that's just a joke. Um, Elliot. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, I have no idea what they could do, but... I am I am definitely intrigued to see, and like I said, I really really hope that this, in some way, points to the Atari box having actually new and different games and ones that aren't able to be purchased anywhere else, especially if they're in the realm of like eight bit or sixteen bit style games. Like if yeah. we if we have a new studio or a new console that is just doing Super Nintendo style stuff, I'm so down. I'll be they, there. They, they could be the the platform for indie games yeah. and just. They destroy oh, they, they, they can wreck all if, they're just, if they become the indie console they really could they really could so I'm definitely curious to see what happens uh, number three Gearbox confirmed that Battleborn's next update will be its last update so, so Battleborn is kind of getting the final nail in the coffin obviously Battleborn uh, if I'm not mistaken released around the same time as Overwatch and it was just kind of kind of it wasn't as good <laughs> um, but yeah, unfortunately, after this next update, Battleborn will not receive any future content. Uh, this last update is coming sometime this fall. Um, the fall update will include minor balance changes, as well as a number of Borderlands-themed character skins, including the likes of Claptrap and Zero. Um, he, the, uh, the One of the um, creative director, Randy Varnell, went on to say that the future of Battleborn and the status of the online servers... Uh, they're not taking them down with this last update or anytime soon after the last update. They're gonna, they plan on leaving them up for the foreseeable future so people can jump in and still play the game. I don't think anyone's really jumping in to play this game anymore, though. I really don't. I think uh, I think the ship has sailed, and I don't think the ship ever even arrived for Battleborn, which is kind of sad to say. It, it was unfortunate timing. I mean, B B Blizzard had a hit there, so unfortunately. Yes. Yes, they really did. Um, okay. Our number four item. Something I'm very happy and excited to report on. Square Enix is hiring staff for a near-related product scenario creation. So we're probably getting uh, a new near game uh, coming soon. Um, and I actually think I have, yeah, I do have another item in here. I'm going to tie them together. So we actually have 20 items on the list this week. So Square Enix is hiring staff for a new near-related product, as well as planning work for something else. Um, the hired scenario staffer would be responsible for the following areas based on the setting of the near series plots for subquests, design infrastructure for NPCs and creating text for item descriptions. So near is not going anywhere. And what I'm lumping together with the story for the reason why we found out that near automata shipments and digital sales have topped 2 million since the game came out in March. Wow. So this actually is very, very good for this game. Uh, it definitely exceeded Square Enix's um, expectations for the game. Um, they have went on to say that because of the success of Nier Automata, they are now viewing Nier as one of their major franchises going forward, like Final Fantasy, like Kingdom Hearts, like Dragon Quest. So Nier has now solidified itself as one of the major Square Enix franchises moving forward. And I'm pretty sure that's why we're getting, you know, hiring for another game already. So we're I'm hoping they let Platinum de develop the game again. Now, when I hear another project, part of me is saying, oh, Nier is coming to the Switch. It could be. It could be. It could be which something is, as simple which, as that. It, 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 it could be both. It could, it could be a new game. It could be plus another thing. Yeah, so. no, it could be a new game plus support for the Switch. I mean, it could be something like that. 
and which would be cool because I'm, I'm, to- I'm totally down for that. Yeah, no, I'm totally down for that. Um, keeping with Square Enix, let's move on to number five. We have the Final Fantasy 15 multiplayer expansion, which is titled Comrades, is finally launching on October 31st. Um, this has me excited. I kind of want to jump back in and check this out when it comes out. Um, the expansion is going to be available to players who purchased Final Fantasy 15 and the Season Pass, or it can be purchased separately. A PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live Gold membership is required to play the game, though, online, obviously. Uh, in Comrades, players will set foot as a survivor from the Kingsglaive to find out more about the disappearance of Noctis after the events in Chapter 13 from the main game. Players will equip royal sigils that grant special powers from the Lucian bloodline and can then strategize and create a balanced team to take on a variety of quests. In addition to multiplayer quests, single-player quests are also available for players to enhance their characters. Okay, so that answers some of the questions I kind of had on Game Oracles tomorrow, so if you watch that episode... Um, you're you're gonna hear me confused a little bit on what possibly is in this. If we're playing multiplayer, we well, are playing multiplayer in Final Fantasy. If we're playing if we're playing multiplayer, why do we need single player quests to enhance your characters? Further, they're just adding more content. I'm so okay, I'm so okay with more content. It's it's, it's fine by me. Like I said, <laughs> I prefer I have, single player over multiplayer. If this whole would have been single player, I'd have been I so down too. I have one request. Of okay? course, of course. And they better be a lucha mask in that game. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, if there's not, then you can just deal and play the game. That's not fair. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Once again, Lucha, Lucha is life. <laughs> but no, I'm glad that they're, you know, unique quests for you to go out on as as a multiplayer thing. That's kind of something I was worried about. I was hoping they wouldn't rehash a lot of the stuff that uh, that you would have already done through the main game. And I like that it takes place after Chapter 13. You have no idea what that means. Uh, but anyone that's played Final Fantasy 15 will know exactly where it takes place in the game and where, it, like, the the time period that they're saying it takes place, why it takes place for that period. Uh, because after that, you know, something happens in the game. And uh, Oh, so this, this happens before Chapter 14? This technically takes place before, while, while Noctis is missing, so to speak. Okay. So, um, yes. <laughs> to skate around any type of spoilers, yes. Um, number six, and this is something I actually mentioned earlier as a small little tease. Left Alive is a set in the same universe as Front Mission. Um, so we've got some bullet points here based on some information that was released. Um, it says here, Left Alive is a survival action game featuring shootouts and traps set up in varied placements. Uh, the game uses the same world and setting of the Front Mission series, chronologically taking place between Front Mission 5 and Front Mission Evolved. There are three protagonists, starting with a young protagonist. Next, you'll become a female protagonist and switching among the three protagonists as you progress. The progression route is completely up to the players. There are there are replayability elements in the game. There is only one ending, but the outcome of the character changes depending on the course you take. It uses a stage-based structure. There is no Wanzer customization, but you can craft by obtaining weapons and materials. I wonder if Wanzer is their name for... Uh, yeah, that's the name for mechs in this game. Okay. Uh, it is mainly offline. Okay, that, 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 that... So it's mainly offline, but that isn't to say there won't be any online elements when the game comes out. A few Front Mission staff are working on the game. There are also robots designed by Yoji Shinkawa. Um, it says here... That's all the information. Everything else is just quotes from the developers talking about the game. Um, so I think this is actually pretty cool that they're doing this in the Front Mission universe. They obviously, they said that they wanted to make a new Front Mission, but with a totally new setting and a new lineup. So they didn't want to stick to the established lore that they had with Front Mission. So they chose to do something different by set it in the same universe. That's okay with me. 
And this, this game looks really cool. cool. This game sounds really, really cool. Yeah, so, uh, we, we, we watched we watched the trailer for this tomorrow, and yes, we did. It looked pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Check it I out. I may just check it out. Yeah, no, and like no. I said, I know you and I talked about playing if it was online, but I still yeah. think we should jump into this and check it out. I think it still might give us something to talk about and like stories to tell because you and I will play this game totally differently. We always do. <laughs> All right, number seven for today. The PlayStation Awards for 2017 have been dated for November 30th. This is the award ceremony that only takes place in Japan. It celebrates Japanese stuff. Um, I usually follow it just to kind of see if anything happens, but no news ever comes out of this. I just like to see who wins what. Uh, It's taken place at the Grand Prince Hotel New Takanawa in Tokyo. Um, And it it will be live streamed to YouTube, so I might actually watch it. I think that might be the first year it's actually getting live streamed to YouTube. Um, it, they honor the top-selling games across the Japanese and Asian regions, though, so it has nothing to do with North American sales or anything like that. And they have a bunch of different categories they award games for, so it's just kind of cool to see what does well. We'll see. I might check this out. Okay, and we're gonna have our own special awards here. Yes, we are at the end of the at the end of the year. Obviously, okay. the uh, the Level Down Game Awards will be happening uh, probably late December, um, maybe middle of December, just to give me more time to work on it. But uh, what, what game will win the the the, the, the coveted Golden Elf and Caro Award? Are we gonna have that? We'll, we'll, we'll shoehorn it in. <laughs> no, we're gonna have the the usual categories: game of the year, um, you know, soundtrack of the year, that kind of stuff. But yeah, we might we might do some fun, interesting categories like the uh, the Golden Elf and Caro Award. Sure, that might be something that someone might not want to win. It's the best prize. And all, of all prizes. <laughs> it's going to be spectacular. It's going to be huge. <laughs> all right. Uh, number eight. Are we on number eight? I think we're on number eight. Eight. Uh, that game I keep talking to you about that I keep forgetting to show you, Vampire, has yes. been delayed to spring 2018. Uh, show me in spring. Yeah. Well, I, I said spring. <laughs> I said spring yeah, so 2018. Sh- yeah. So, so show, show, show it to me. When it oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Okay. 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 Uh, but no, Vampire is an upcoming action RPG from Don't Nod. Obviously, they made their name now with the Life of Strange games. Uh, it has now been delayed from its previously announced November release window to spring 2018. Uh, they're just just—they're obviously delaying it to make the game better, and I'm totally okay with that. This game looks so freaking cool, and its soundtrack's going to be amazing. I need to show you this game. It, I, it's a Don't Nod game. We're going to have a good soundtrack. Don't absolutely. You worry. And it's coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC when it does come out. So maybe after we're done recording this, remind me. Maybe I'll show it to you. Okay. You won't remind me. I'll remember. I'll remember. <laughs> All right. Number nine. Xbox head Phil Spencer has now joined Microsoft's senior leadership team. That's pretty cool. Um, CEO Setya Nadella announced this the other day. Uh, and as part of this move, Phil Spencer has now also received a new job title. He will officially serve as Microsoft's executive vice president for the entire gaming division. Oh wow! So that's actually that's actually good news for people that like the Xbox brand. That's actually really good news. Yeah. Um, and he actually went to Twitter shortly after the news broke, saying that it's a great show of commitment by Microsoft to the Xbox brand and its gaming division. Because there were rumors there that Satelia Satelia Nadella wanted to actually get rid of the Xbox brand and sell it off to somebody else because he didn't feel that it was important enough to Microsoft. So having them do this definitely means that it's that he he views its importance now. Hopefully we start getting some exclusives. That's what they're missing. So hopefully, I mean, obviously we have the uh, Xbox One X coming out on November 7th. Um, hopefully that's the start of something big for Microsoft. Because like I said, third-party games are going to look really, really good on that system. Yeah. They're looking better than the PS4 Pro and even some PCs. 
So I think the Xbox One X is definitely going to be a powerhouse for at least a year until we start hearing maybe about the PlayStation 5. Um, but one thing we don't have right now is cross-platform ability between Sony and Xbox. Our number 10 item, cross-platform play, is something that accidentally happened the other day. Um, Epic Games, they obviously put out that new game called Fortnite not that long ago. Yeah. Through some glitch in the system, players on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One got to play together for a very brief time. That's actually really cool. And I kind of wish they would have left it alone. Just leave it alone. Uh, that's something that all games should do. I know. It, you know what? Not all games. Just about all third-party games, okay? You don't need to cross-play. Okay? You, you, you don't, I don't need Halo to, to, to play with my, uh, my, my God of War. Sure, of course, of course. Yeah, that wouldn't be possible. <laughs> but no. Yet. So here's the story. This is from IGN. The issue was first discovered by Reddit user Precision, who noticed something strange while playing Fortnite's Battle Royale mode, which is very similar to PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, on his PlayStation 4. He was killed by a user named Zcipher Space 9, a tag that would be impossible to create on PlayStation Network because it contained a space. Intrigued by this discovery, Precision switched over to his Xbox One and did some digging, quickly discovering a user with the same name on Xbox Live, as well as a teammate that Zcipher had been playing with. Precision documented his evidence in a Reddit post, which contains Twitch clips and screenshots of his discoveries. Seeing as PS4 and Xbox One crossplay is unheard of, most users assume that Epic had enabled crossplay with PC and the tags were simply coincidences. However, Epic quickly confirmed that PS4 and Xbox One crossplay had indeed happened accidentally as a result of a configuration issue. Epic says that the issue has now been corrected. I kind of wish they would have just left it's it alone. It's not an issue. Don't correct it. That's so stupid. It's, it's, an, it's an issue because Sony doesn't allow cross-platform play. Microsoft is up for it. Like, Phil Spencer has already said that as soon as Sony is willing to let it happen, that they're okay with it. It's something Sony just doesn't want it right now. Damn you, Sony. So, yeah, unfortunately, any crop, uh, cross-platform compatibility issues are always going to be attributed to Sony right now because they're just not letting it happen. Um, obviously they want to try to sell more PS4s. They're, they're on a roll with PS4s right now. So any, the more PS4s they can sell, probably the better in their opinion. Um, okay. Number 11, Atelier Liddy and Suell is coming West for the PlayStation 4, Nintendo switch and PC in early 2018. This is, uh, obviously the next, um, the next game in the Atelier series. And it is the conclusion to the mysterious trilogy, uh, it, they because they go by trilogy arcs. They release three games every arc. This is the conclusion to that arc. Um, it'll be coming out sometime in early 2018. It's actually not even coming out in Japan until this winter, so it's actually coming out fairly quickly after the Japanese release as well. So we're starting to see the you know the localization times getting reduced more and more, and I really really am happy about that. Um, it says here, the gripping conclusion to the mysterious series marks the 20th anniversary for the Atelier franchise. Following the tale of the Alchemist twins, the reserved but caring Liddy Marlin and the eccentric and carefree Suelle Marlin, the young twins work alongside their father at the family Atelier, but due to his inexperience in alchemy, they rarely see any customers. While working hard to hone their skills, the duo uncovers a mysterious-looking painting, and as they reach out to investigate, the girls are drawn inside a world bountiful with rare materials, perfect for alchemy. This fateful discovery is just the beginning of the twins' adventure leading to them to their joint goal, to run the best Atelier in the country. I'll play this. I mean, I play all the Atelier games. I really enjoy them. Uh, I like them even more now that they removed the time limit, um, you know, thing that was kind of holding people back from enjoying the games. Um, but yeah, this one, this one I'll definitely pick up. This one looks good. I enjoy alchemy in general, and I think it's a cool mechanic when they put it in games. So. Yeah, absolutely. Very at, cool. a, at, a bare, at a bare minimum, I'll watch one of your playthroughs. Sure, absolutely. Uh, number 12. 
Red Dead Redemption 2, the second trailer, is coming this Thursday, September 28th. Rockstar Games is planning to release the next trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2 at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on September 28th. The last trailer released for Red Dead Redemption 2 was the game's announcement trailer in October 2016. Uh, in May, Rockstar issued a set of screenshots after recently delaying the game from its previously planned fall 2017 release to sometime in spring 2018. My guess is that this trailer is going to be the release date trailer for the game. It's a very good possibility. <laughs> and, I, and I do think this game's going to come out in either April or May, most likely May. Rockstar tends to favor May. However... Elfrin Carol and I are going to have a reactions video up for this trailer. I don't think we're live streaming it because it's just a trailer and it would be very quick. It's five minutes. Yeah. So, that, yeah. so I think what we're going to do is just record our, we're going to obviously, as soon as the trailer goes up at 11 AM, we're probably going to watch it live. The last time they had a trailer for red dead, they had a countdown and it went live as soon as the countdown was over. So I'll probably try to get a hold of you a few minutes before 11, get us on. So that way we can actually sync up on YouTube, watch the trailer as it happens live and then just do our reactions right there and then as we're watching it live. That way we can put it up immediately after. So Sounds like a, sounds like a plan. Yeah, so definitely keep an eye out for that. We'll have it up um, hopefully by 11.30 on Thursday, but if not 11.30, then at least by noon. Just depends on how long it takes us to do the actual video, how long the trailer is, and then how long it takes for it to upload to YouTube. Obviously, things could change. But um, hopefully by 11.30, but definitely by noon. It won't take that long. Um, going back to Final Fantasy here for a few minutes. Number 13. Final Fantasy 15 development is going to continue into 2018. So we have more content for Final Fantasy 15 coming. Um, this this was announced by Hajime Tabata during an active time report live stream during the Tokyo Game Show the other day. According to Tabata, the team decided to continue development on the game in response to the strong request of fans who want Final Fantasy 15 to continue and for the story to be further enriched. Upcoming add-on episode Ignis was planned to be the last piece of content for the game, but it has now been decided to continue providing content over the next year. The theme of this continued development is to strengthen the parts of the story that don't have quite enough explanation and to conclude the story. Tabata, discussing what he wants to tackle, said, quote, Not only are we further investigating characters through additional episodes, if we don't convey the setting that is the foundation of the world, we won't be able to convey the character's way of life. Um, Final Fantasy XV obviously is coming to PC also sometime next year, so um, I am definitely excited to see more Final Fantasy stuff, but this actually also upsets me a little bit. I wish that they would just start. If they haven't already started on Final Fantasy 16, they need to get started on it because I don't want to wait another 10 years for Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, but this this could hopefully sate you for a little while while it they work could, on it. It could, but if they're doing this instead of working on 16, that bothers me. If they just have a small team left behind working on this kind of stuff, that's okay. But something tells me the entire Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 15 team is still working on this game. That's just kind of the way Square Enix does things right now. They're backwards right now. <laughs> Don't worry. 2027, we'll, we'll get 16, plus we'll finally get Final Fantasy uh, 7 uh, Remake. I'm worried that Final Fantasy 7 Remake is the next mainline game right now. Like, I wanted that just to kind of be a side project that they did. Um, and I really do think that they're going to put so much time into this that it actually is just considered the next, main, the next mainline game. We're probably not going to see that game till 2020, 2021, maybe even 2022 at the absolute latest. Um because that would put it at almost 10 years since it was announced. I think it was announced in 2013 or 2014. Um, I really do think that, though, that's like, I don't think we're going to hear about 16 until that game comes out. And that really upsets me. I wish they yeah, would. Yeah, wait, wait five more years. Then it's like, what, your 30th anniversary or 25th anniversary of the game? Yeah, 35th. It's the 30th anniversary now. So there you go. Kind of sad. Uh, number 14. 
that Shin Megami Tensei game that was announced for the Switch. We now know new news is coming on October 23rd. Uh, it says here the next update on Atlas's untitled Shin Megami Tensei HD project announced for the Nintendo Switch back in January is coming on October 23rd. The news came at the end of Atlas's Tokyo Game Show 2017 public day one live stream. Uh, and that actually happened the day we're recording this today. So um, we might even find out some more news about stuff in the next couple of days after we record this. So we might have some more news next week on Max Level for you uh, coming out of Tokyo Game Show because we're recording this right smack dab in the middle of Tokyo Game Show. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what this is. I kind of hope it's the first Shimagami Tensei to be more like Persona and that it does it's not first person. But obviously they have Persona, which is not first person. So I get why a lot of people that like SMT would still want this game to be first person as well. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Number. God, I lost count. I think it's 15, 16, 15, 15. 15 um, Super Mario Run is getting a new update that is going to add Daisy, a new world and a new mode. Obviously, this is the mobile Super Mario game. Yeah. Uh, it's coming on September 29th and is adding a ton of new content. Uh, according to the update's App Store preview, which is now only viewable on iOS, Princess Daisy is going to be joining the game with a special double jump ability, providing new ways to play against others in Toad Rally, as well as new ways to collect the elusive coins in each stage. In order to unlock Daisy, players will need to rescue her in a new mode called Remix 10. This frenetic mode tasks players with completing 10 bite-sized sections from pre-existing Super Mario Run levels in rapid succession. Each stage will have rainbow-colored medals for players to collect, and by finishing the stages and collecting all the medals, players will be rewarded with new items to deck out their Mushroom Kingdom, as well as the opportunity to rescue and unlock Daisy. Additionally, the update will add a new world that contains nine new levels and features new enemies, more pink, purple, and black coins to find, and new gameplay mechanics to check out. In order to unlock the new world, players will have to complete all the stages in World 1 through World 6. Have you played this game? I've played through to World Two. I it was okay. It was. I have not played this. It's 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 not bad. Um, it is very much a rail game in the sense that you're you literally you're constantly running forward mm-hmm. and you're controlling the jumps, mm-hmm. trying to get the coins along the way, which is pretty cool. But the novelty kind of wore thin pretty quick. Okay. Yeah. I still I keep meaning to get, pick this up sometime on the uh, on um, the Google Play Store. I just keep kind of forgetting about it to be honest. <laughs> Um, okay. Number 16. Rare has recently talked about some of their old franchises. Okay. Listen. And they said that, um, returning to old franchises would be the worst thing to do. They're so wrong. <laughs> it's, they're not wrong. I'll tell you why after we read this story. It says, uh, so this is coming from IGN. It says, returning to old franchises would be the worst thing for Rare to do, according to studio head Craig Duncan. In an interview with DK Vine, Duncan explained that Rare is not interested in revisiting some of the old franchises, including Banjo-Kazooie and Conker. Quote, I don't think it's okay to just go out and make the same game that people love before, but with up-to-date graphics, audio, and all those things. Just making them again with whatever technology is available today, that's not rare, Duncan said. I think what Rare was, is, and we're trying to do now, is doing kind of games that only Rare would go and do in the current technology space. Um, he said, quote, like no one else would go out and make Sea of Thieves in the way we're making Sea of Thieves. And I think unless you've got an absolutely killer amazing idea for how you want to bring an existing IP or maybe one of those franchises and do something new with it from a gameplay paradigm or scenario or something that could actually be genuinely different and innovative, I don't think you just redo what we've already done. Um, I think he's right, and I'll tell you why. 
the rare team is not the same as it was back in the day. And this is something I've continuously said over and over and over again. If you want rare games, go follow Platonic. Go check out the ukulele. That is rare from the 90s. That's the identical, almost the identical team from rare from the 1990s and the early 2000s. That's the rare you want. You don't, rare as a name is just a name at this point. It's just a studio. It's a studio that Microsoft purchased, but it's not the same studio that Microsoft purchased from Nintendo. Um, that studio is now called, again, Platonic Games. They're making ukulele. They're probably exploring another game after ukulele did kind of well. So if you want something similar to what you used to like with Rare, go support that studio. Go support Platonic. Support ukulele. We're, apparently, we're not getting Banjo-Kazooie. We're not getting um, Conquer. We're probably not getting a new Battletoads. I'm saying it here on this episode of Max Level. I think it's time to move on from hoping for a new Battletoads or a new Conquer or a new Banjo-Kazooie or a new Blast Core or anything that Rare used to do. I think it's time to move on. I don't think they're going to have anything else like that for us. They're obviously doing Sea of Thieves. They're going to support that game for a while. They have two new IPs in the work, as far as I know. Um, they're not they're not revisiting old franchises anymore. And Platonic, obviously, they have no interest because they want to make new stuff too. I mean, that's the right. that's the rare team. Obviously, that if they want they they want to make new stuff, but they want to still make stuff that they used to make. That's why we got Ukulele. It's not Banjo Kazooie, but it might as well be because it's freaking Ukulele. Yeah, it's the same freaking <laughs> thing. <laughs> Number 17? 17. Mm-hmm. Nintendo has dramatically overdeveloped on Nintendo Switch supply. So this is where I think you were wrong when you said that none are available. Um, no, I, as I told you, I go, I've been finding more and more in the wild. Right. So, and, and I don't think they made too many, to be honest. Um, they're, they're counting their chickens for the hatch. They we're, we're just about to hit uh, the season for buying. Of course, of course, of course, of course. What this article says here, though, it says, despite world, uh, despite widespread Switch shortages in some areas, Nintendo of America President Reggie Fils-Aimé has said that the company dramatically over-delivered on the console's supply at launch. Speaking to Mashable, Fils-Aimé said that despite analyst predictions that the Switch would sell far less, Nintendo provided 2 million units at launch instead of the originally announced um, the amount that they were going to give at launch. We actually sold through almost 2.8 million units at launch, he continued. So we dramatically over-delivered, and yet demand outpaces supply. So even though they dramatically over-delivered what they said they were going to, there's still more demand. Um, that's awesome news. How How is that dramatically over-delivering? If you didn't have enough, that means you, you under-delivered. No, they over-delivered. They only said they were going to have a certain amount, and they delivered over almost a million more than what they said. That's over-delivering. Right. If you tell me that you're going to make 2 million donuts, sure. all right? Sure. And 5 million people show up, mm-hmm. you underdelivered. I mean, yes. If you if I said I was going to make 2 million donuts and I made 3 million donuts, I dramatically overdelivered. I yes, overdelivered by a million donuts. For your you, you can't take your base calculation and say it's demand. Demand predicates the supply. Of course, there, there. But the demand is still there. So people are that that of those other two million that didn't get my donuts, they're still going to go out and get my donuts when I make them. Okay, they're going to get their glaze from someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I set them up. I knock them down. Uh, <laughs> no, I think they're going to wait because, as as obviously as what we're seeing, the Nintendo Switch continues to sell out every single time it, it is available. The switch is gonna. The switch is gonna do very well. It's doing very well. I can't wait to see some numbers. It is, and I'm actually glad that I see them in the store more often now because yeah. I want people, I want more players out there. You know? Yeah, me too. Me it's too. 
it, it's it stinks to you know, to, to rub it in everyone's face that I got one and you don't. <laughs> um, I'm wrong. I'm still gonna do it, but it's it stinks. It stinks that I have to do that. Of course, but as we saw, the Nintendo Switch continues to outsell the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One. All but one month, I think, since the games or since the console has been out in May. So they're they're topping the MPD charts here in America, North America, every single month since it came out, except for one month. That's fantastic news. If they can do that for September, October, November, December, the switch is in a very good spot if they can do that through the holiday season. So we'll see. Um, Number whatever this is, 18. Bethesda has discussed a little bit more on the Nintendo Switch. So they are now confident that its relationship with Nintendo will continue beyond the upcoming ports of Doom and Wolfenstein, the new Colossus for the Nintendo Switch. Bethesda is throwing all their support behind Nintendo now. They are really liking what they're seeing with the Switch. Good. Uh, Good. Speaking to VentureBeat, Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Bethesda, Pete Hines, said there will be more of his company's games running on the console in the horizon. Quote, we've been in constant conversation with Nintendo, and not just about the two games we have now, but about our whole approach to the platform going forward, what we can do, best practices, what things are a good fit, what they're excited about and what we're doing, and what we're excited about. We're obviously excited about these two games, but it's not as if we're going to just do these two games and that's it. We want this to be the start of a relationship that we build with Nintendo and Nintendo fans. End quote. That's awesome. Like, Bethesda is a great studio, and having their games on the Switch, obviously we're getting Skyrim uh, in November, we're getting Doom this holiday, we're getting Wolfenstein next year. It's only a matter of time before Fallout 4 probably comes to the Switch. Yeah. And then hopefully new games going forward that they that they come out will come to the Switch at the same time. That'd be so cool. Uh, I wonder if Fallout 4 on the Switch would allow you to build, like, Mushroom Kingdom kind of stuff for your settlements. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That would be really cool. <laughs> All right, let's keep the train rolling here with some more Nintendo Switch news. This is actually something we mentioned. I forget which episode we mentioned this on, or, and, and even what show we mentioned this on. We do so much stuff that I kind of forget where we mentioned things at. Uh, there is a hidden Switch NES emulator, and obviously the Switch has a hidden NES emulator that I talked about, and I talked about it being Golf, the NES yes. game Golf. Um, this was recently discovered, and it's actually a tribute to Satoru Awada. So as the story is now uh, told, uh, this is uh, from the Switch Brew Wiki via Ars Technica. Switch hacker Yellows8 discovered the official way to unlock the emulator and a modified copy of 1984's NES Golf, which can only be done on July 11th, which unfortunately is the same day that Satoru Iwata passed away in 2015. Quote, the loaded date originates from network time sync time, regardless of whether the user has enabled it or not, Yellow's 8 explains, meaning that if your console has ever been connected to the internet, the emulator knows the correct date and time and cannot be unlocked by manually changing the system's date to July 11th. Switch owners who have yet to connect their console to the internet have been able to access the emulator and share video footage. Uh, the motion to unlock the game appears to be the same direct hand motion Awada made during each Nintendo Direct. So you know where he would go like, direct to you type thing. Mm-hmm. That's the motion you have to do with the actual um, Joy-Cons to unlock the emulator. What? Um, and it says, additionally, when you do that, a voice clip of Awada can be heard when the game launches. As previously reported, the hidden NES emulator called Flog runs a modified version NES Golf, which is just Flog, you know, in the correct way it's spelled, that supports that supports Joy-Con motion control, allowing the player to swing by holding down L or R and making a physical swinging motion. Um, I'm going to do this next year. We cannot forget to do this on July 11th. We have to do this. 
we better just pencil it in. Yeah, put it, yeah, put, it on the, put it on the calendar because I will forget. So it only happens at one day. But that's a very cool tribute. I like that. Very cool tribute. Our 20th item, our last item for the weekly scoop. Obviously, I had 21, but I combined the two near things together. Our last item for today is a bit of new Super Mario Odyssey news, something I actually showed you before we recorded. Um, a new promotional, some new promotional material was released over in Japan. And I forget which developed, like which, who actually released it on Twitter. But Game Explain actually kind of dissected it a little bit. And we can see in the bottom, like the, the promotional vi- uh, footage shows the map of Odyssey, like, you know, the areas yes. that we can go. If you look at the bottom left hand corner, you can see a mushroom. Obviously, that's in reference to the Mushroom Kingdom. Directly to the top left of that is a dolphin. Referencing Isle Delfino from Super Mario Sunshine. So, so cool. Game Explain is theorizing now that we might actually be traveling to both Isle Delfino and the Mushroom Kingdom in Super Mario Odyssey because they both appear on the in-game map. How cool is that going to be? That's awesome. We get to go back to Isle Delfino. Could that you imagine? is so awesome. I want that to be the case. I want, obviously, that sounds like something that might have been a secret or something that they weren't supposed to reveal before the game came out. That sounds like something maybe players are meant to find out on their own. So unfortunately we've already found that out through the in-game map being shown, but I'm, that makes me excited. I don't care I want, I, I know we, you and I talked about wanting to go back to the mushroom kingdom in this game. Like I want to go see Peach's castle. I want to walk around in it. I want to see if it looks similar to what it did in Mario 64. Exactly. We have an open world Mario where we can go back to, you know, ideally yeah. go back to the Mushroom Kingdom. I want to run around that I'm, open area I'm, and shoot I'm myself off the, in the cannon. I'm going to take that rabbit and I'm going to break his little neck. <laughs> and if you can go back to Isle Delfino, that's even cool too. Like just being able to walk around the island. Obviously you have the, uh, you know, like they said in the video, there's already their own population there on the island, which would make sense for what they're doing here in Mario Odyssey. So plenty of things to capture with your hat and take over. Imagine if those two actually become legit kingdoms with moons to collect and that kind of stuff. That would be so cool, especially if you, when you go to the Mushroom Kingdom, some of the moons are hidden in the paintings. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Or if you go to Isle Delfino and they're, uh, they're, 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 they're like hidden within Starshines. That would be so cool. That has me excited. I really, really hope that that actually is the case. I'm nervous that it's not. I mean, it is Nintendo. It could just be an Easter egg. It could just be something fun. But I'm very hopeful that this actually is a legit thing because I think that would be so freaking cool. But that is it for the Weekly Scoop. Um, all 20 items now done. We're now going to move on to our main discussion. This, an interesting story that popped up over the last couple of days. This, this actually broke on September 19th. So on Tuesday this past week, Toys R Us has filed for bankruptcy, but they are going to keep their stores open. Uh, the stores are expected to run normally during bankruptcy proceedings. That still has me concerned, though, because, you know, a lot of times when stores do this and they go bankrupt, they still end up closing eventually in the future. They do. They, they sell as much stock as they can, then they go into liquidation. Right. So I'm going to read this article and then we're going to discuss it. Uh, and and I'll, I'll give you the main point of this discussion when I'm done reading the article. This is from IGN. Following some speculation about its financial woes, Toys R Us has officially filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. The company is currently struggling with about $5 billion in debt and hopes the bankruptcy filing can help them restructure while still keeping their stores open for the holiday season. Keyword there. Hoping that the bankruptcy filing can help them restructure. It's not a guarantee. If this bankruptcy could be the end of Toys R Us. 
As a result of the bankruptcy filing, Toys R Us has received over $3 billion in debtor-in-possession financing from a number of lenders. Toys R Us says this money will help them immediately improve their financial situation and keep their stores in operations while maintained leading into the busiest season of the year. Dave Brandon, Toys R Us chairman and chief executive officer, had this to say of the filing in a statement. Quote, Together with our investors, our objective is to work out our debt holders and other creditors to restructure the $5 billion of long-term debt on our balance sheet and strengthen out competitive position and strengthen our competitive position in an increasingly challenging and rapidly changing retail marketplace, end quote. The company has also filed a number of other motions with the bankruptcy court to ensure they can continue their normal operations, such as paying employees, honoring customer programs, and pay vendors and suppliers. Toys R Us's Canadian subsidiary intends to seek similar protection under the Ontario Superior Court of Justice's CCAA. So, this could be the end of Toys R Us. The main discussion for today's episode, what I want to talk about, Toys R Us memories. Man, um, I have quite a few, okay. to be honest. I, uh, I do too. My, I do too. My, my, my mother, uh, as a kid, actually had a part-time job working at Toys R Us. Okay. Um, so I, I've been to the actual Toys R Us employee picnic and saw Jeffrey walking around and they gave all the kids little toy bags. <laughs> it was it was really cool. You know, so I was pretty much on the cutting edge when a new toy came out. I was able to get it. Of course, it. of course, of course. Um, since so I remember as a kid, you know, I, I had, I had a, a few fantastical dreams. One was to win the Intercontinental Champion for WWF. Um, another one was climbing the aggro crag on Nickelodeon's <laughs> guts. Um, Did you want to be a the, Toys R Us kid? But I, it, when it comes to Toys R Us, I wanted to win the Nickelodeon Toys R Us uh, Super Oh, run. the shopping spree thing that they used where, to do. Where you were given 60 seconds to and grab to the tickets for as many things as you yeah. want. You know, the classic commercial, I got four bikes. Uh, yes. You know, for me as a kid, uh, I would go there because my mother was working there, and I I'd walk around and I plot out my route. Like I'm gonna get all the Nintendo <laughs> games. I'm gonna get myself a whole bunch of bikes. Mm. So every, yeah, that, that was my that was my thing there. Um, as an adult, you know, um, I have a niece now, mm-hmm. uh, so it, I hadn't walked into a Toys R Us in years. Mm-hmm. Um, and just walking in, I felt like a kid again. Like I didn't want to grow up. I was a Toys R Us kid. Right. Uh, I haven't, you know, I haven't been to Toys R Us in probably over 10 years. And it's, it's crazy. I mean, um, it looks so different now. It, I'm sure it does. Um, I'm sure it does. Um, if, if you, if you remember while we were kids, we had the electronics section was called the R zone. The R zone. Yes. I remember that. Okay. I, I actually remember going there, uh, mm-hmm. to get like Pikachu, like a special Pikachu before, or like Before GameStop exploded, I used to get all my video games from Toys R Us and I used to go to the R zone. Everyone did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's, that's how it was. Nowadays, uh, I walk in and it's all, there's, there's a whole section for retro, like, re- right. like, Right. And by retro, I mean like not even true retro, just things that older people like myself would like. Mm-hmm. And it's like hit, it's hidden out in the corner. There's a, I've heard that. I've heard that. Like like like, like like movie stuff. There's a lot of Funko Pops, which trust me, I love me Funko Pops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> t- tons of that. The video game section, pretty bare bones. Like it's it's not. It's, it's not what it used to be. It's not what it used to be. It's, it's definitely not what it used to be. Uh, it it it's pretty much the same as your Walmart. You have a couple shell a couple display cases for each of the systems mm-hmm. maybe a wall of amiibo right uh and a wall of accessories but nothing too crazy right um the, the one near me is actually uh tied into babies rs so i went there to buy presents for my my niece um yeah it just it just it it was so different yet mm-hmm. it still invoked the feelings of a kid like mm-hmm. Oh, look at all these toys! And there's, of course, you know, there's kids running around wanting the new toys. You, you can't help it. Like, you know, 
you smile like oh, yeah, that, that was me that was me yeah, no, that, that, was, that was, like, was totally us of course it was uh, i remember bugging my mom like mom i want this transformer <laughs> okay here you go it's, <laughs> i was spoiled oh right. boy was i spoiled right i've got a handful of different memories from toys r us that i that i'll mention um obviously one of the you know one of the first memories that comes to mind was those and you you actually just mentioned it when you were talking about the shopping spree thing those little slips of paper yeah they were one of the only stores that actually you know like to get a game or something like that or to get any like major thing you just took a slip and took it up to the register and they had them you know they would go get it for you you know i i was not used to that obviously i was used to other stores um where you just either you know they were locked in a glass case and you would go ask someone to get the key and unlock it and give you the game uh, or the product that you're trying to purchase or you know things are just sitting out like they're not they don't they don't have it locked behind a desk or locked behind a case or locked behind a piece of paper um so toys r us was always and i don't think they do that anymore again i haven't been in a no. toys r us and like i said it's probably been close to 10 years since i've been in a toys r us um i don't think they do that anymore but if they did that'd be kind of cool I think they sold that for bikes, but I wouldn't quote me on it. I think Walmart even does that for bikes just because they don't keep all the bikes out on the floor. Yeah. So I think, you know, big things like that, I get that. Or, or like the, um, you know, like the, the little kids four-wheeler things, like the, like the bait radio things that you yeah. can buy. I'm sure those are done through slips, too. But I know you did the same thing I did as a kid. You grabbed a whole bunch of them and you had, and, and like, your, your, your mom and your dad and your grandma was like, no, put it back. Yeah, you're not getting all that <laughs> stuff. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Uh, and actually, you, you, you keep one in your hand, like. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> now I have a friend that works at Toys R Us actually, so I hope he doesn't get affected by this. Um, I don't know that he li- if he listens to the show. Um, Mark out in Las Vegas, he actually still works at Toys R Us, so hopefully he doesn't actually get affected by this. Uh, he's been working there for a very long time, um, so hopefully he actually you know makes it through okay. Uh, another memory I have, a very important memory for me. It's the first time and place that I ever played Super Mario sixty four. Wow. Um, so before the actual Nintendo 64 came out, they had the demo kiosk there. And the, and this was the old style layout for Toys R Us. I don't know how Toys R Us looks now. Again, haven't been in a very long time. But they had everything. It was like aisles, basically. And everything was in like glass cases. Like I said, everything was kind of locked behind that and with the slips of paper. But um, the N64 was sitting at the end of the row where like the Super Nintendo stuff was at and that kind of, and, you know, or, or uh, yeah, it was Super Nintendo. Uh, they still had some NES games there too, locked behind the cart or behind the case, but it was mostly Super Nintendo stuff. Um, and then there at the end of the key or at the end of the the aisle was the kiosk for the Nintendo 64, and nobody was playing it. And my grandma and I were just walking through Toys R Us. I think we were just killing time before a movie or something. We were just walking around, or it might have been my aunt and I walking around before a movie because the movie theater was kind of almost right next door to where Toys R Us was at my local mall, uh, and it actually still is there over where I grew up, about an hour from where I live now. All that stuff is still the same. The mall is almost identical. They just built a hotel in place of some of the other stuff. Um, But uh, no, so it was the first time I actually ever got to play Mario 64. And that's where I like was just walking around the outside, jumping on the trees, jumping off the trees, just exploring (laughs) the outside area of the Mushroom Kingdom, of Peach's Castle. And um, that moment stuck with me for so long. Like that's what made me want, like I gotta have this N64. I wanted it day one. 
unfortunately, I didn't get it till Christmas that year. My grandma purchased it for me for Christmas and got me Super Mario 64 and Cruisin' uh, USA for Christmas that year for the nice. N64. Um, I mean, I played Cruisin' USA some, but I'm not going to lie. I put most of my time in Mario 64. Then I who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah, I got all 120 of those stars. <laughs> I actually had the strategy guide, too. I, that's back when I used to use strategy guides. I don't use them anymore. You, I mean, if I need to look something up for if I'm stuck, I just go online because it's super easy to access now. But those are when strategy guides are really cool. And I used to get yeah, them that, all the time. That, that reminds me. Like, you played uh, N64 on the NCAP. Mm-hmm. I remember... NCAP, actually, thank you. That's the word I couldn't think of. I, I remember actually playing with the Power Glove on the NCAP when it came oh, out. Oh, wow. Okay. And they, and they, they had the TV with the Super Glove Ball. I'll I was, forget it. I was too young it for was, that. It was, it, it, I was I was a kid too, to be yeah. honest. Uh, a little bit older, not much. No, but not yeah. much, not much older than me. But I mean, you were what, probably five? I think when the Power Glove was out, I may have been seven or eight because it came out a little later than. Okay, else, so, so seven. I mean, at that point, I was three or four. So I yeah, mean, exactly. So <laughs> I said I, I was a little kid, but I'm like, yeah. Mom, Power Glove, and she's like, get away, and I'm like, no, I have to do this. You're like, battle. no, I'm gonna play with power. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I put it on. I remember it wasn't all that great. No, it <laughs> never was. It never was. But, you know, I get to say I've played with the Power Glove. But Yeah, I have dude. never played with the Power Glove, so I've never actually played with power. Um, <laughs> my biggest memory, though, and the one that is most important to me, and I've mentioned this story before, it's when I picked up my GameCube. Yes. So, um, obviously, you know, my grandma has since passed away. Um, but her and I on, I think it was November 18th, 2001, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was the day the GameCube came out because I think the Xbox was November 15th, 2001. GameCube comes out, or GameCube is announced, obviously. That was, this was... Toys R Us didn't do pre-orders, obviously. No. And I, I still preferred Toys R Us. Obviously, you know, GameStop was starting to become a thing. There was Funko Land at the mall. There was Babbage's. Uh, you know, there was other places you could go get it at, you know, Walmart or other department stores that still existed um, at the time. Some of them have since gone bankrupt and closed now. Um, like Hills. I don't know if Hills was still around then, but it might have been. Hell, KB Toys is gone in 2009. Did you have a Hills where you grew up? Remember Hills? No. no that was, that was, might have been actually the Ohio thing. No, no we, so we had Funko Land. We had KB Toys. Yeah. Sears used to carry the... Sears did used to carry games. games. They did. Yeah, KB Toys, yeah. I actually remember that too. I tried to get a job at KB Toys when I was still in high school and they, they didn't hire me. Actually, uh, Funko Land ended up hiring me and then it became Babbage's. Or I'm sorry, and then it became GameStop. Um, but um, no, so... This was before Toys R Us started doing pre-order systems, so I still liked, I still preferred. Obviously, my grandma probably would have wished I would have pre-ordered it somewhere, so we didn't have to yeah. wait. <laughs> but I wanted to buy it at Toys R Us. Just I had it in my mindset. I wanted to get this game at to- or this console at Toys R Us. Um, so November eighteenth rolls around, or sorry, November seventeenth rolls around. We go to bed extremely. I think we went to bed at like eight eight eight, 8 p.m. that night. Reason being, we woke back up at one a.m. And it was snowing. It was like the pitch perfect time. I mean, it was snowing outside. It's, it's, it's mid-November in Ohio. It's snowing. <laughs> of course. Well, not not recently. That's not the case anymore. Like it doesn't. The past couple years in Ohio have been kind of crappy if you like snow. And I love snow. Um, I wish it would snow all the time in winter, like blizzards, huge snowstorms. But as of recently, we haven't been getting them. Um, so obviously we've been, you know, we've been having some warm spells as of recently. So it's affecting the winter a little bit here. So we do still get snow, but not nearly as often. And especially not as early as mid-November. Sometimes it, it I, man, I think, what was it? Not last year, but the year before, we didn't even see snow till February, which is freaking insane. Um, and New York might have been similar that year. Although just, just a little, little El Francero fact, my family out in Colorado got snow today. Snow today. <laughs> <laughs> but I wish, I wish it was here. I wish it was here. It is. It is 75 and beautiful out here. 
It's uh-huh. 80 freaking nine in Ohio today. 89 God in Ohio. God bless. Uh, in unreal. That's that was too hot outside. I barely went outside. I don't go outside anyway, but it was, <laughs> I mean, we're running the AC that's, at the that, end of that's September. That's why you have the vitamin D deficiency. No, that's you. Oh, that's me. Okay. We're, we're, we're running the AC at the end of September. It's ridiculous. It sucks. We should have the windows open. It should be like 60 degrees outside. Should be snowing. <laughs> but no, so November 18th, we get up at 1 a.m. It's it's snow. It's light snowing, but it's it's snowing. Um, you know, I forget. I think I must have been. I had to have been like 16 because my grandma let me drive. I might have if I wasn't 16, I might have just had my permit. Um, I can't remember how old I was in 2001. I remember I was 18 in 2004. So 17, 16. Yeah, I might have just had my permit. Who knows? But uh, I, I, she let me drive up to uh, Toys R Us in the snowstorm. God bless her. Um, again, it wasn't snowing that hard. And it was also 1 a.m. So, I mean, whatever. Not too many people on the roads. Um, but uh, we get there and we're the first ones there. Um, luckily, because that's what I wanted. We were there. I mean, we lived about 20 minutes away from the local mall. So we got there by about 1.30. Uh, give or take. And we had Christmas music on. Obviously, we were trying to get the spirit. We had, you know, we we had went to the local Speedway, the gas station out here, and picked up one of their new uh, Christmas CDs that had came out that year. I still have it in my car. Nice. I mean, I cherish that CD. Like I said, I, most of the stuff from my grandma I do cherish. Um, same thing with my mom and dad. I mean, they've, they've both since passed away as well. I mean, I cherish a lot of my, my stuff from them that they've purchased for me and, and, you know, my memories with them as well. But um, my grandma, we, you know, we got the CD. I still have it in my car. I still listen to it around Christmas time, at least once or twice every year for Christmas, just, for, you know, for those memories. And um, we get there, obviously, we're the first ones there. We park right next to the, you know, right in the first spot that's not handicapped right next to the door. And um, we we just put the car, you know, the battery on to let the heater run. And we just sat there and waited. And I think I think the the next people rolled up around 3 a.m. who also just sat in their cars. The first people that got out showed up around 4:30 in the morning. They actually went up, and this one guy went up and stood by the door. Pissed me off. I was there first. I wanted to be first in line. <laughs> so as soon as he did that, you know, I told my grandma, "All right, I'm gonna go stand in line. You can stay in the car. I'll stay warm." Um, after about like 30 to 45 minutes, she came out and said, Hey, go sit in the car. And we just rotated like every 30 to 45 minutes, whenever one of us felt like, okay, we're not cold anymore. We would go relieve the other person. And we just kept that second spot in line. Toys R Us didn't open until 10 AM. This was a Sunday. I was going to ask. Normally it's like eight o'clock. I was like, if you do it the weekend, this, you're this, was, this was a Sunday. So Toys R Us didn't open until 10. So right around, I want to say maybe seven, um, seven or 8 AM. It had to have been seven because there was probably a good line of maybe 30 to 40 people by 7 a.m. in line already. Wow. Um, Someone drove by that went to Walmart and they had the GameCube and they like stuck it out, like blasting the horn, like, you know, kind of making fun of us for standing out in the cold. Um, They went and picked it up at Walmart. So they started doing that. Like I said, I think that started around 7 a.m. They weren't the first, they were the first person to do it, but then there was more after that that went by and they thought they were being funny and jerks, whatever. Screw them. I was second. I was keeping my spot. Um, And then... By nine o'clock, there was probably a good 70 to 80 people there for the GameCube. They came, the Toys R Us employee came out at 9 a.m., started handing out tickets. You know, like he started with the first guy in line. You know, what color do you want? We have um, they had the black one and the purple one. Right. I think those were the two that were yes. available at launch. Which one did you end up getting? I got the purple. I got the indigo. Um, I don't think the orange one was came out until after the launch date. Um, so they had the black. They had the and then there was a silver one, too. That was actually really cool looking. Um, but no, I chose, I wanted Indigo. That was, I was there for that purple GameCube. That was the one that they showed. That was the one that was in all the promotional material. I wanted my freaking purple GameCube. So I got it. And then I got an extra controller. I think I got, um, I don't remember what color controller I got. I do remember having an orange controller though. 
So I don't know if the orange. Me, can, me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I then I uh, I picked up. Um, I don't even remember what launch games. I know I bought Luigi's Mansion. Um, but I had a ton of stuff. I mean, I, I know I bought Super Monkey Ball. I think Wave Race was launch day. Um, Rogue Squadron was. I picked up Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I know for sure those four. But here's the thing. I couldn't play the thing till Christmas. This was my Christmas gift. Yeah. So my grandma and, and like, you know, as much as I begged and pleaded, she's like, no, you're waiting for Christmas. Like, you know, I you already know what you're getting. So you can wait now. You're going to wait till. And for my grandma's house, we always opened our gifts on December 24th, which was her birthday as well. So we'd always celebrate her birthday and Christmas Eve the same day. Um, but December 2nd or 3rd of that same year, Pikmin came out and Super Smash Brothers Melee. So she actually bought me both of those too, without me realizing it for Christmas so that I, I was getting games that I actually didn't know about as well. Um, so I had, so a, you, you, so you came into the system with six games. That is pretty yeah, impressive. And I think there might've been one or two more games too. I might've had, I think I remember having like seven or eight games on launch. I had a ton of stuff. Um, there's probably some launch games I'm actually forgetting about. I could probably look it up here while I talk and fill some air. But um, no, that's my that's my favorite memory for Toys R Us, and it will always be like if Toys R Us goes away, that's that will be my my ultimate memory from that uh, from that brand because it just means so much to me. Like you know the fact that she was willing to go there in the snowstorm in the cold. Um, for eight and a half hours. <laughs> For eight and a half hours. And I want to do that again. I really, really, really want to do that again. Okay. Here's the official launch release for the GameCube. We had All-Star Baseball 2002. We had Batman Vengeance. We had Crazy Taxi. We had Dave Mira Freestyle BMX 2. We had Disney's Tarzan Untamed. Luigi's Mansion. Madden NFL 2002. NHL Hits 2002. Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader. Super Monkey Ball. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. And Wave Race Blue Storm. So out of those, I know for sure I had Wave Race Blue Storm. I had Super Monkey Ball. I had Rogue Squadron 2. I had Luigi's Mansion. And I think I might have had Madden NFL 2002. I know I, the three I had at launch were Luigi's Mansion, Rogue Squadron 2, and Madden. Yeah. I remember, I remember playing Madden and thinking, wow, this is the most futuristic Madden I've ever seen in my entire life. Right, right. I, I mean, obviously it was it was great for the time. Yeah. Uh, so those five games coupled with Pikmin and Super Smash Brothers, I think, made up my ultimate lit or my my GameCube launch, so to speak, for Christmas. Um, so I had a great Christmas that year. Yeah. Kind of like that cricket somewhere behind you. I'm sure he's going to have a good Christmas this year. Oh, when Franco her finds him, he's going to die. <laughs> but no, that those are the only memories I have of Toys R Us. So, I mean, unless you have any other ones. Uh, those are the ones that immediately come to mind. I said, I just, I think you should walk into one more. Yeah, no, no, no. If if just, if just, they just, are going to go away, I'm going to have to make it a point to go there. And I mean, probably even shop there one more time, too. Um, I definitely, after reading the story, I think I am going to make it a point after we're done with this move. I kind of just want to go and walk around one for a little bit just to, you know, to kind of reminisce. There's one uh, in, in the t- next town over for me. It's right next to Best Buy. So, I mean, it's not a Toys R Us slash Babies R Us. It's just a legit straight Toys R Us. So. They even have, and these are a little weird, they have these places called Toys R Us Express. And I've what they seen are, that. What, what, what it is, it's a very, 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 very stripped-down version of Toys R Us. There's one which, at the... Um, it's like in a strip mall. Like, where they put them? Yeah, there, no, there's one at uh, Town Square in Las Vegas. And it's like, it's an outdoor shopping mall, but it's super small. Um, and so it's it, what, what it is, is basically... It might not it has be there a, anymore. <laughs> it, it, it has like a small baby section, mm-hmm. a small figure section. Like, it's, it's, it's very condensed. They, they, they have maybe a tenth or less of what a normal Toys R Us has. No video games, nothing like that. Sure. Or if they do, they're, they do, they're behind the counter. Right. 
but they they have those. But like just walking into a Toys R Us, which I did just very recently because my niece just turned one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was surreal. Is like, that uh, is I, that La Fraquita? Is that why we haven't heard her yet? Because she does not talk. I uh, like three or four words. She's getting there. Does she know? Wait, how to, wait, does, does she know how to say Alfred Caro? She doesn't. She, no, no, she doesn't say Alfred Caro. She doesn't say Lucha yet, but she will learn. <laughs> you need to get her a mask. You know I'm going to. <laughs> it's, it's, it's already on order. That's a family tradition now. It is. We, they, you guys are a lucha family. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean that's that's pretty much all I've got for the domain discussion this week. So let's uh, let's move forward. Unfortunately, to this next segment. What is it called? Um, uh, the best segment in all of podcast history. This happens to be this week. In video game history. This year, my bad. Let's rewind. (laughs) (laughs) This year in video game history. All right, guys, so I actually fixed the time machine. Okay, so we're not going to 1958 now? At least I hope I fixed it, okay? So we're going to go back to 1988. Oh, guess how old I was that year? Uh, I don't know. Two. Two. (laughs) (laughs) Go to hell, Brian. All right, so the U.S. president was Ronald Reagan, and his vice president would win the election that same year, Mr. George H.W. Bush. Yep, H.W. The L.A. Dodgers defeated the Oakland Athletics in the World Series in Game 5 with a score of 5-2. to two. And the Washington Redskins defeated the Denver Broncos by a score of 42-10 to 10 to win the Super Bowl. And they haven't been good since, have they? So the Redskins, no. <laughs> in the cinemas, some good movies. Okay. Ready? Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Ooh. Die Hard. Yeah. Beetlejuice. Yeah, good stuff. My, my personal favorite comedy of all time, Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. That is funny. It is very funny. The Naked Gun. With, uh, Har- with what's his name? Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, Leslie Nielsen. I just, I remember him from the SummerSlam promos, obviously. Okay. Looking for Undertaker in 94. <laughs> Classic horror film, Child's Play. Mm-hmm. Classic uh, fantasy film, Willow. Ooh, Yeah. A movie with a really rocking soundtrack, Young Guns. Didn't, uh, um, no. Was that the one that Bon Jovi did some songs for? Yes. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. Um, The Land Before Time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Tom Hanks, Big. Yeah. And the classic, They Live, starring Rowdy Roddy Piper. I thought you were going to say that cricket behind you. I'm going to find that. <laughs> He's getting louder. <laughs> All right. So he knows you're recording. He's driving me crazy. Uh, <laughs> debuting on TV in 88, America's Most Wanted. Oh, wow. Okay. Still uh, going Garfield, strong. Garfield and Friends. My favorite cartoon ever. Isn't it? I mean, I it love is it so my much. ultimate favorite cartoon. I have all the seasons. Um, I have them readily available to watch whenever I want because obviously they're not in syndication anymore. I used to reset a VCR to record because they used to they played them while I was at school after after because they used to play them before I went to school. Like they were on at like that's, seven a.m. That's exactly. I used to watch them. That but was I used, the show. I, I would, used to watch before I, I, I would went watch to school. That, I would watch that and Rocky and Bullwinkle. That's would be on TV. Yeah, right I, before I had to go to the bus stop. Mine was Garfield and Power Rangers. The year, like oh. the couple years that um that I that I did it. But after they moved it to like nine or ten or something like that, and then I just I used to set my VCR to record it while I was at school, so I could still watch it when I got home. I watched them every single time, reruns or not. Like I used to do a South Park. Like I kind of still do a South Park. Um, I love Garfield and Friends. My all-time favorite cartoon. Uh, Good Morning, Miss Bliss, which was actually the Alexa Bliss, uh, 
Not Alexa Bliss. Uh, knock it off. No. Good Morning Miss Bliss was the show that um, not interested. Eventually, in. eventually, no, you will like. <laughs> that is what Saved by the Bell spun off of. Oh, you're right. I do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, the classic Kelly, Kelly sitcom, Roseanne, which is coming back. It is coming back, and then uh, and they're retconning everything that happened in the season finale. Like Dan is going to be alive. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, WCW main event. Yeah. WWF with their original name WWF the main event mm-hmm. the Wonder Years mm. and Yo MTV Raps Yo MTV that show sucked I hated that show <laughs> but Wonder Years I used to watch Wonder Years not when it first came out obviously I was too young I was two like I said but when it went into syndication on Nick at Night with right because it used to play right after the Brady Bunch. I was a Nick at Night fan in in throughout my school years. Like I, that was what I watched before I went to bed. I would, you know, I would try to get done by like nine or so, nine p.m. I think is when Nick at Night started, and then I would watch the Brady Bunch. I'd watch the Wonder Years. I'd watch Happy Days. Like I love those shows. I still like those shows. Not Wonder Years was absolutely great. Uh, I still have a crush on Winnie Cooper. I never did. Uh, and Paul grew up to become Marilyn Manson. That's a fact. That's a rumor, guys. It's just it's just it's BS. Uh, that's totally not true. <laughs> That's not true. It's, it's, it's an urban legend. All right, but let's get to the games. That's what we're here for, the games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in June of 1988, we're going to have some sad news. Okay. Nintendo released the last issue of Nintendo Fun Club News. Oh, yeah. How, however, in July, Nintendo released the first issue of Nintendo Power. Nintendo Power. Yeah. But yeah, the Nintendo Fun Club news was actually pretty cool. There was only seven issues of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember they, they, it. I never had it, obviously, but I remember it. They, they were also it was they were more game guide style versus like full comprehensive reviews, but it was still cool. Mm-hmm. So it's it just kind of keeping on the Nintendo train here. Uh, Nintendo would actually in '88 buy Bandai's Family Trainer, mm-hmm. and when they would rebrand that as the Power Pad, mm-hmm. uh, and with that, the, the game Stadium Events was recalled. If you have a copy of it nowadays. It's worth some scratch, about twenty grand. It's worth a lot, I know. All that right. and the uh, NES World Championship cart from back in the day too is worth a ton of money. Absolutely. Uh, we'll we'll stay on Nintendo for while we're at it, then we'll okay. work our way through. Okay. Uh, so, so um, in '88, Nintendo would uh, actually revamp a game called Doki Doki Panic, and mm-hmm. they actually released it here in America and Europe as Super Mario Brothers Two. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, I love Super Mario Brothers Two. It's, it's a great game. It's fantastic. Um, I like so Virgo. Exactly. I like Birdo. So uh, we would also see the releases of Super Contra, mm-hmm. Metal Gear, mm-hmm. Bionic Commando, mm-hmm. the American release of Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link. Yes. Ninja Gaiden. Yes. Ghouls and Ghosts, which was the sequel to Ghosts and Goblins. Right. And Double Dragon 2, The Revenge. Nice. This is also the year that the Sega Mega Drive was released in Japan. And uh, it was already out in the US and uh, Europe. Uh, it's also the, ga- uh, the game Altered Beast came out. Uh, and now, Ultra Beast actually became a pack-in game for the North American and European version going forward. Back in the day, folks, they actually used to put a game in when you buy a new system. It was pretty awesome. It's unheard of nowadays. Yeah. Unheard of. Fire, last little bit of 88. Um, the first game to ever get a parental advisory disclaimer. It was released in the arcade in the TurboGrafx-16. You know what game that was? I don't. Splatterhouse. Okay. So yeah, uh, Splatterhouse never. Uh, everyone always thinks, oh, this it was the most violent game for the Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Never officially on the Nintendo. It's it was, not what created the ESRB though. Is that what created the ESRB? That was that Mortal, would be, Mortal Kombat. 
that would be more. Yeah, Mortal Kombat was the reason for ASRB, mm-hmm. but Splatterhouse was very incredibly violent. It was uh, the best way to describe it is you played almost as Jason Voorhees, a looking character, mm-hmm. and you just went around killing people. It was a like a side scrolling beat 'em up kind of right. hack 'em up. Very, but it was gory the, game, very gory very, game, for very, its very time. gory for its time. I mean, a gory game in '88, it was unheard of. Right. But that is this year in video game history. Hmm. Okay. Well, I think it's now time to move to good game, bad game. And it is my turn to choose the bad game this week. And uh, I am doing something a little unprecedented here. I'm actually choosing a game that I'm a big fan of. But it's universally accepted as a bad game, which is why I'm choosing it. If you pick Tag Team Wrestling, I will end this podcast right now. My, my, no, that would, why would I? That's, that's going to be a game I choose for good game one week. Game over yeah, well. oh, I missed I missed <laughs> <laughs> that's okay they'll still hear the cricket yeah <laughs> all right the game I'm actually choosing though it's not tag team wrestling uh, but like I said I am a fan of this game I I've actually talked about this game on a recent episode of uh, on of BG mania during Don't do it Brian Don't during do it. our Mortal Kombat episode oh god so the bad game I'm choosing this week is one that I'm actually a fan of and it is Mortal Kombat mythologies sub-zero Ooh. It's like I said, it's universally accepted as a pretty bad game. Like it didn't get good review scores. A lot of people don't like this game. You included. I had a lot of fun with this game. And I think it's just because I played it with my my neighbor friend and we had a blast going through this game and talking about like other characters that could possibly get anthology stories for Mortal Kombat. It was fun to me. I liked this game. But I know it's bad. Like, it had a lot of issues. It had a lot of graphical issues. It had a lot of technical issues. Things just disappeared. You know, you would go to jump on a, on a, like a, a bridge or something and it would just disappear. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, in my memory, that may have been the first time I saw a broken game. Like, it was broken in certain points. Like, there were times when, um, you know, the games would be interrupted by, like, cutscenes that were just pixelated screenshots. Um, you know, they never actually would load the full cut screen or the, yeah, the cut scene, like it was meant to be done. Like I said, bridges or platforms would just suddenly disappear. Um, the acting, like they did like actual acting for the cutscenes, Awful. Very, 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 very bad. Very bad. Um, I am sub zero <laughs> of the Lin Kiwi clan. Yeah. Um, now I did play this on the PlayStation, which universally is the worst version of this game. If you played it on the N64, it wasn't as bad as the PlayStation version. They did. They didn't have the issue of like things disappearing. They didn't have the, you know, the cutscenes that would just get interrupted. But, um, this game, like I said, I, I will recognize that it had a lot of issues, but it will always hold a special place in my heart because I did play this game with uh, a friend of mine. And we just had so much fun doing it. Like I said, talking about uh, some of the other characters that we thought would get an anthologies game. Like uh, I know we talked about Raiden, we talked about Kung Lao, Johnny Cage. Just like how like they could get their own games, and it would be so much fun to play through. Um, and I mean, the soundtrack it was okay. Like I said, I played a song from it on our Mortal Kombat episode of BG Mania, which I think was four or five episodes ago. Now it's been a while since we did that episode, um, but. I can't deny that it is universally accepted as a bad game. So that's why I chose it as my bad game for this week. Wow. To pick a good game to counter you, I don't have to try too hard. And, and you know I am a Mortal Kombat fan. Did you pick Tag uh, Team Wrestling? Is Mortal Kombat X. Can I, okay. can I edit this and put Tag Team Wrestling in your hand there? I will murder you. <laughs> I, Hang on. Let me, Mortal- rec- let me record the audio. Tag Team Wrestling. 
Look at East. Uh, <laughs> now, Mortal Kombat uh, has always gotten progressively better. Um, starting with Mortal Kombat 9, in my opinion, is what it really... They, they reset Which, the whole universe. That's the, okay, okay, that's the reboot version. So. Yeah, it's literally called Mortal Kombat. It's mm-hmm. not called Mortal Kombat 9. Right. Uh, but yeah, that reset the whole universe uh, leading into 10, mm-hmm. with 10 being, you know, now, now we're going forward, uh, Shao Kahn's dead, Kotal Kahn is in charge. Um, definitely a really, really fun game in general. Uh, this one, a little heavy on the DLC, to be quite honest, if, if I want to pick, pick at it. Because um, you got Leatherface, you got uh, Jason. XL or... XL is heavy but, on the DLC? Is that what you're saying? X and XL are the same. Oh, game. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. But you're saying it's heavy on DLC. Yeah, very, very heavy on the DLC uh, with characters who really don't have any place in the game. Sure. But the fact that each character has three different fighting styles with different fatalities, the replayability is just its awesome. You can master one style of Sub-Zero mm-hmm. uh, and play against someone who has a completely different style of Sub-Zero. Uh, so you're, it's not a mirror match anymore. You're not playing the same guy who does the same exact moves. Some special moves are locked to, to each style. It's, it, it, it's the perfect Mortal Kombat. Sure. I can't. I cannot wait for an 11 to come out. I, I'll probably get a day one. I will too. Uh, I mean, usually I always do. So. I don't think the game is as good as As Injustice, and it's definitely not. Hopefully, with the success of Injustice, they incorporate more of those elements into this game. Absolutely, they need to. I mean, because. Injustice, it's been out for a while now, and I play it almost every day. Right. Uh, I'm in there and I'm banging it out. Mortal Kombat, I have it. I don't play it every day. It's no. a fun game. Right. But I want to play it every day. I love. I I, I want to be raiding, and flying at you and electrocuting you to death. Jessica's, Jessica's brother still plays Mortal Kombat to this day. XL. Um, I think he's almost at like 1,900 online matches. And oh wow! His win percentage is, I think, is seventy three or seventy four percent. Oh, so he's good. Yeah, he's actually pretty good. I um, we actually when we were just over there, you know, in the process of moving, we borrowed his truck to get some stuff. Um, he was actually playing while we were there, so I sat down. We sat down and watched him for a few matches. He's actually really good. So he's still playing XL to this day. Who knows? One of these days, you have to hook uh, him and I up to play. Uh, see how my Shinnok skills uh, go up against him. Yeah, I, for, I forget. He plays as the guy with the chains. I think his name's Takata. Okay. 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 Yeah, that, that's it. That's his main character. It's, it's a good character. I also play. I, it's called. I, I'm a classics. I, I'm a Sub Zero. I'm a Scorpion guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, Shinnok, I am otherworldly. Okay. Like, uh, so we'll see. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, no, I'll definitely try to hook you guys up. I think that'd be kind of cool. So. Who knows? Maybe we'll do it on. Maybe we'll have a best of five on the uh, on Twitch. That'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be up to you to probably record it. I know you could definitely do that through the PS4. So. Yeah. Yeah. And if I lose, you'll never see that footage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, that was a good game, bad game. Don't you ever pick a game that horrible again. How dare you? That was a, I like that game. It's a good game. It's no. better than Shaolin Monks and Special Forces. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it just hurt my brain to even think that those games exist. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Thank you. All right. Well, let us jump forward to the new releases for the week of September 25th. We have another big week. Like I said, we're going to have big weeks going forward every single week now. Um, so we're going to kick things off this week with episode two of Batman, the Enemy Within, the Telltale series. is coming out on Tuesday, September 26th. Really? Yep. Oh, man. I did not know this, and I'm glad because I want to play this. Yeah, episode two is called The Pact, and it's coming out on Tuesday. It's the one that introduces Harley Quinn. 
Sweet. So it'll be out on Tuesday. I am going to romance her. I don't know if you can, but it'd be kind of cool. I don't care if I have to hack the game. (laughs) Um, I've seen some promotional images of her. She looks really, really cool in this game. Uh, I'm probably going to go ahead and do a Twitch playthrough of it the day it comes out on Tuesday. Um, I'll probably do it as soon as it's live on Steam. I'll probably make sure I'm up and ready to do it as soon as it's ready to go. So, yeah, I'm totally looking forward to this. Obviously, if you want to see my playthrough of Episode 1 before Episode 2 comes out, go check it out. It's on our YouTube channel. He makes all the wrong decisions. I make all the best decisions. Like I said, I retconned my playthrough, though, because I wanted. I went back and decided to tell the truth to Tiffany. So the, the playthrough that's on our YouTube channel is not my actual playthrough anymore. Everything else is the same, but I chose to tell her the truth instead of lying to Tiffany. Everything else I did the same, though. Also on Tuesday, September 26th, a little game called Blue Reflection is releasing. A clear summer sky spreads over the Hashinomiya Girls High School. This story begins with the belated start of school life for Hinoko Shirai, who has just recovered from a leg injury due to a tragic accident. The magical sisters Yuzu and Lime bestowed to, bestowed to her a special power to become a reflector. This is your uh, Sailor Moon style game. Yes, I was going to make a Queen Barrel joke and try to just kind of do it without you noticing. <laughs> okay. Maybe, uh, make a tuxi- maybe make a tuxedo mask reference, but yes. Obviously. And, but, but, but the game looks good. I'm the not game, gonna, I mean, I and, and it is good. Like I said, I can't say much about it yet, but it's it's actually, it's it's fun. So we'll uh, we'll see. I'll have my review posted. Um, Obviously, the game comes out on Tuesday, so that kind of gives you an idea of when my review is going to be up. So maybe check, maybe look for it tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> also coming out tomorrow, uh, September 26th, Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony, our view that's already posted on Level Down Games and our YouTube channel. A new cast of 16 characters find themselves kidnapped and imprisoned in a school. Inside, some will kill, some will die, and some will be punished. Reimagine what you thought high stakes were, fast-paced investigation was, as you investigate twisted murder cases and condemn your new friends to death. This game is awesome. Check it out. You will love it. It definitely sounds like I would actually be into. Yeah, so you would like, love this series. You have to start with one, though. Do not rob yourself of the experience of starting with one when you decide to play these games. There is a collection called Danganronpa 1.5 for PS4. It's the HD remasters of, of the first two games. You could probably get it now for 20 bucks. So start there and then get V3 whenever you get to it in the future. You could skip over the offshoot one, the Ultra Despair Girls, the the side story. Okay. You could definitely skip that one, but do not skip one and two before you play three. Otherwise, you will be pissed off at yourself. Also coming on Tuesday, September 26th, DWVR is coming to PlayStation VR, of all things. DWVR, feel like an action hero while switching seamlessly between an arsenal of guns, swords, and spells. Your VR controller becomes an extension of your arm as you blast the hordes of enemies. Obviously, another VR game is definitely not a bad thing. I'm not interested, though. I'm not a VR person yet. I, I tried to be when uh, when PlayStation VR came out. Like I've mentioned before, it made me sick. I can't do VR. so But I'm glad to see more VR support happening because more support does need to happen, especially PlayStation VR. So good on them. Also coming on Tuesday, September 26th, Fallout 4 Game of the Year Edition will be releasing on PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Return to the Wasteland on September 26th with Fallout 4 Game of the Year Edition. With all the latest gameplay updates, including survival mode, graphical enhancements, the ability to play mods for free on PC and consoles, plus all official add-ons included, this is the ultimate way to experience the award-winning post-nuclear adventure from Bethesda Game Studios. If you haven't played it, it's the perfect version to get. Absolutely. This is this is a great game. I have poured so much time into this. Uh, easily over 200 hours. Right. Uh, which is obscene. But 
you should see Slightly. some of the creations. I, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've built up entire settlements. I've done so many things in this game. Uh, you can side quest forever. Uh, you totally if can. You, do, you could totally ignore you, the main story. If you meet someone named Preston Garvey, just ignore him for a while because he's going to side quest you for 800 hours. Just tell him no. No, no what, what's cool is you could do that stuff and totally ignore the main story. You can. Um, that's, that's what's great about these kinds of games is you really can just you play avoid. Them how, you play them how you want. Yeah, so if, if you want to spend all your time in the town building the settlement and just doing side mission here, side mission there, have at you. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, this is definitely the best way. Uh, I recommend if you, if you like if you like a really intense kind of game, mm-hmm. play it on survival where you actually yes. have to, you have to eat, you have to drink, you have to purify your water, you have to sleep. You know, it's, it changes the game. It is a game changer. It, in fact, um, you cannot go from regular to survival. You could you could start on survival, but you cannot once once you make that choice, you're locked. Right. There's no there, there, there's no turning back. Right. Right. Yeah, it's 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 worth the experience. Uh, first platinum I've ever done in any uh, places before a game. Yeah, I have the platinum in this one too. Yep. Okay. Also on Tuesday, September twenty sixth, the next expansion for Halo Wars two, titled Awakening the Nightmare, is going to release on PC and Xbox One. It features a new campaign and a new cooperative mode known as Terminus Firefight. In addition, Awakening the Nightmare will also add two new banished multiplayer leaders, Pavium and Voridus, and two new uh, standard multiplayer maps, the latter of which will also be made available to those without these, this expansion. Uh, it's going to be available for $19.99, and it actually is not included in the Season Pass. So the, the Season Pass content has already been released. So this is now coming out after the season pass stuff because when okay. they when they advertised a season pass they actually said what was going to be included with the season pass. This is additional content that they're making after the fact, so it's not part of the season pass. Plus, you know, people who don't who don't buy it are still going to get a free map out of it. So absolutely. So yeah, you know, that can't hurt. Uh, a lot more games coming on September 26th. We're still rolling for Tuesday. This is coming to PlayStation 4 and PC. A game called Hob. Transform the world of Hob, a new action adventure from Runic Games, the award-winning studio behind Torchlight 1 and 2. It's your chance. Make it home. This game looks really cool. I've had this on my uh, my Steam wish list for a, a long time. Um, Did you play Torchlight? I love Torchlight. Torchlight's awesome. Yeah. Torchlight's very good. Uh, and this game looks extremely well. There's a big notice here on the Steam page. It says a controller is strongly recommended to play this game. Uh, it's only going to be 20 bucks, and it's on sale right now, obviously, through the special pre-purchase promotion like they always do for 10% off, so you can get it for $17.99 right now. Um, it's totally worth that price. This game looks it looks beautiful and gorgeous. Like This game looks really, really cool. I want to pick this up. Uh, also on Tuesday, Lightfield, a game that we actually watched a trailer for recently on Game Oracles. Lightfield is coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Lightfield is that uh, futuristic wipeout-looking game, kind yeah. of like uh, there's no official but, but, description it's, of it. It's, but. Uh, it's driving with parkour. Yeah, Lightfield is a hyper-futuristic racing game with a parkour twist. Yep, here's yeah. the description. Drive on any surface, including walls, tunnels, and sci-fi architecture to piece together the fastest racing line. Only by mastering your anti-gravity spaceship and finding the best omnidirectional route can you race to the top. Like I said, this game looks fun to me. I want to play this. It looks really yeah. cool. I mean, it's everything that I th- that I originally thought that Mario Kart was going to be. Because Mario Kart had mentioned the whole anti-gravity. This one legitimately will have you riding on walls, and you'll be seeing it versus seeing it in the playback. It's, it's going to be cool. Absolutely. Okay. Also on Tuesday, a game called Light Tracer is coming to PlayStation 4. This is a – it looks like it's a VR game. Uh, it says climb a magical tower in, v- in a VR puzzler light tracer. But that's all it says. 
it combines platform style movement with clever puzzles and a unique style of game control. So it's a puzzle game in VR. If you played um, VR games, this might be something you'd be interested in. It might, it might be cool, you know, for just, you know, especially especially if they're spatial puzzles. That'd be pretty cool. Right. Um, okay. Our next game on Tuesday coming to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation VR. So PSVR is getting some support this week. A game called Megaton Rainfall. Become an, become an indestructible interdimensional super being in this first-person superhero game and save Earth from an alien invasion. Be careful, though. You are so powerful, you can destroy entire skyscrapers, unintentionally, of course, when you miss your otherworldly target. <laughs> this just looks insane. Just looking, I'm looking at the, it doesn't come out on PC until that's, next month. That's a cool premise. It's like if Superman were to sneeze, would he like wipe out a building? Yeah. So, I mean, th- th- it's a cool concept. Obviously, I'm not going to play it, but it looks kind of interesting. Uh, also on Tuesday, coming to PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One, Pinball FX3. Pinball FX3 is the biggest, most community-focused pinball game ever created. Multiplayer matchups, user-generated tournaments, and league play create endless opportunity for pinball competition. Free backwards compatibility. Bring your previous Pinball FX2 purchases with you to Pinball FX3 at no charge. This is really the definitive pinball game. Like, I, I have Pinball FX2. And they always come up with these really cool boards. The Marvel board is really neat. They do. And they actually base a lot of their boards, too, on actual pinball machines yeah. that used to exist. Like, you can I, actually play some classics that are no longer in production. I still have uh, – I remember downloading the, the pirate ship one they had. It was really yeah, freaking fun. Yeah. So I'll probably get this eventually. Like I said, I have effects, too. I'll probably port my stuff over. I like pinball games just to kind of sit down and mess with every now and then. Obviously, I'm not a huge pinball guy. Yeah, but it's a good knock around game. We just, you know, to kill yeah, a few like minutes here and there. If, if I've got five minutes and, you know, nothing else to do, I'll, I'll of course, I'll, I'll, I'll play around and see if I can beat a high score or something. It's fun to do that. Okay. Still rolling on Tuesday, we have Raid World War II coming to PC. Raid World War II is an action-packed four-player cooperative shooter set during a time when the Nazi war machine was still winning and hope was in short supply. This is obviously trying to get out before both Wolfenstein and um, Call of Duty World War II. Yeah. It's not going to do nearly as well, I'm sure. Um, it's, it's PC only at that. Yes. Uh, but hey, that's the community that exists on PC. Like a lot of PC communities are shooter based. I mean, it could have that's a following. That's true. That's where I play Battle of Honor. So. Yeah, it could have a following. I just obviously with Wolfenstein coming out in a month and um, World War II Call of Duty only a, like a month and a week away. This game, I see what it's trying. It's trying to get out before those two games just to try to get some sales. Because once those other games are out, they're probably not going to get many sales. True. Uh, Ruiner is coming to PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One on Tuesday. Ruiner is a brutal action shooter set in the year 2091 in the cyber metropolis Rencock. A wired sociopath lashes out against a corrupt system to uncover the truth and retrieve his kidnapped brother under the guidance of a secretive hacker friend. This game looks cool, dude. This looks really cool. Um, No, I love the art style of this game. It looks really, 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 really cool. I'm going to add this to my Steam wishlist, actually. It's only 20 bucks, too. You talk about my game there. Yeah. Keep, keep, you know. All right. We're still rolling on Tuesday. Senren Kagura. Wow, big game. Yeah. Big, big, big days for games. Okay. Senren Kagura, Peach Beach Splash. I just talked about this at the beginning of the episode. It's coming to PlayStation 4. Uh, <sighs> the Ninja Girls of Senren Kagura are back for more in a whole new way, armed with water guns and an all-new visual enhancement packed into a third-person splasher. Choose a team of five from the more than 30 girls available, outfit them with customizable weapons and abilities, lead them into lighthearted water gun battles against rival teams in a variety of five-on-five team-based combat arenas, or join your friends online and take on opposing teams. Come on in. The water's great. 
like I said, for this being a lighthearted arena, it's, it technically is an arena-based shooter. It's a five-on-five arena-based shooter with girls in bikinis and water guns. It's fun. All right, coming up, uh, two more games for Tuesday. Coming to the Nintendo Switch, Sign Mora EX. Uh, this is that side-souling shoot-em-up that released on uh, PC a couple months ago and also released on PS4, I think, earlier this this month or sometime last month. I don't remember. But I do remember talking about it during max level, uh, during the new releases for that week. Signmore EX is a side-scrolling shoot-em-up that provides a unique challenge where time is the ultimate factor. Mixing classic shooter sensibilities with contemporary presentation, Signmore EX is a gorgeous shoot-em-up offering both a story mode that weaves an over-the-top tale and an arcade. Like I said, this is still on my Steam wish list. It's only 10 bucks too. Um, I want to play this eventually. I love these type of games. Obviously, I played through uh, Next Machina recently on PlayStation 4. I have a review up on Level Down Games if you want to check it out. I love these type of games. I yeah. love bullet hell, shoot them up like this. There's so Re- Rezo- Rezogun. Rezogun, yeah. Uh, so anything like that, usually I, I'm supportive of. So I want to check this out eventually. And our last release for Tuesday, September 26th, SteamWorld Dig 2 is coming to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita. Obviously, it came to PC and Nintendo Switch last week, so it's not yes. coming to PS4 and PS Vita. SteamWorld Dig is back. Dig deep, gain riches, and unearth the terrors of the underworld in this platform mining adventure influenced by classic Metroidvania-style games. Again, if you haven't played this game, if you haven't played the original Steam Dig, uh, SteamWorld Dig, they're good games. They're worth playing. They're fun. Okay, moving on to Thursday, September 28th. We have a game I know you're interested in. Outcast Second Contact is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Outcast Second Contact is the complete remake of the cult title which sparked the open world action adventure genre. Take off on an exploration of Adelpha, an alien world as beautiful as it is dangerous, where your heroic journey places the fate of two worlds in your hands. We actually just watched a gameplay footage for this for an, uh, on Game Oracles. It was either last week or the week before as well. Yeah. This, this game actually looks pretty good, and I know I know you yeah. want to play it. So yeah, so I played the original. Um, one thing you got to remember when you play this game is you're the alien. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You're on an alien planet, so you are you're totally on the alien. alien. You are the alien. So yeah, what what you do matters. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, hopefully you'll get a chance to check this out soon because um, I know I know you're interested in playing it. I am. Um, okay, and our last release for Tuesday, or sorry, Thursday, September 28th, Total War, a Warhammer 2. Sequel to the award-winning Total War Warhammer, this game introduces a breathtaking campaign of exploration, expansion, and conquest across the new world. I like the Total War games. I think they're fun. I've never played. Yeah, they're, um, they're, they're, pub- they're published by Sega, and they're developed by Creative Assembly. Obviously, there's like Total War Rome. Uh, I have that one sitting next to me over here on my shelf. Um, they're, they're just strategy-based games where you take a, an army unit and you go command them and attack other army units. So they're they're not the typical type of games I like to play, but Total War is really the only type of game, like the only series of that genre that I actually like. So I actually never played Warhammer though, the Total War Warhammer game. Um, but I'm looking at the screenshots here on Steam. This looks really, really cool. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to pick it up right away. It's 60 bucks. It's a full price game. I might wait for it to go on sale a little bit just because I don't have time for it right now. But uh, I am gonna. I I actually just did add this to my Steam wish list, so I will get this eventually. Um, and we have now a few releases on Friday as well. So Friday, September 29th, a very big game that has been on my Steam wish list for a while now, and it's something that I'm probably gonna get day one. I haven't decided if it's a for sure thing yet because we are moving, and I kind of need to save the cash until after we move. But this game is worth it. It is coming to Xbox One and PC. I'm talking about Cuphead. 
Cuphead is a classic run-and-gun action game heavily focused on boss battles. Inspired by cartoons from the 1930s, the visuals and audio are painstakingly created with the same techniques of the era, i.e. traditional hand-drawn cell animation, watercolor backgrounds, and original jazz recordings. Have you seen this game? I have. I. This looks like the, a 1930s Disney cartoon. I want to play this. I just I don't have an Xbox One. And I don't know I, if your PC can run it. I, I, my, my, my PC can barely run Microsoft Paint. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we need to get you a new PC. Actually, you don't even have a PC. You just have a freaking laptop right now. A freaking sweet laptop. <laughs> yeah, can it run Cuphead? No. 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 But, uh, but no, this is something I want to get. I want to stream it on Twitch. Um, I don't know that I'm going to, like I said, I don't know that I'm going to have time right now. Obviously, I've got a lock um, to finish dealing with with this move and this uh, the relocation of the studio. So... I might not be able to jump in right away, but my God, I'm going to jump into this game. It's only what 20 I, bucks. What did I, what do I keep dr- drilling into your head, Brian? It's only 20 bucks too. No, what do I keep telling you? Just get, just play the game. We want to see the games. We don't care about anything else. You don't need to sleep. It's only 20 bucks. So I might pick it up. We'll see. Uh, I've watched the trailers. I want this game so bad. Me too. I really do too. Uh, probably. Man, maybe the biggest release for this week in terms of what's going to sell the most. Coming to PC, PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. FIFA 18. Yep. (laughs) Powered by Frostbite, FIFA 18 blurs the line between the virtual and real worlds, bringing to life the players, teams, and atmospheres of the world's game. Um, Move with real player motion technology, an all-new animation system that creates a new level of responsiveness and player personality to unlock dramatic moments in the world's most immersive atmospheres, then go on a global journey as Alex Hunter, along with a star-studded cast of characters including Cristiano Ronaldo and other European football stars. This game is going to sell like crazy. You know, we watched the trailer for this on a Game Oracles, and it was so realistic, it was eerie. Like... I was picking we, players. We, we I was, watched the trailer, but I had to remove it because they hit us with the copyright strike. So I had to actually remove the trailer from that episode of Game Yes, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> they used some licensed music, and we. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was the one that used Royal Blood, right? The, the yeah, band Royal, Royal Blood. Blood. Yeah. But oh my god, the game looks so realistic. It, it really, was, really does. The, FIFA always sets the bar for that, too. You know, so mm-hmm. what, FIFA, what FIFA does, Madden and Two K usually follow. Yep. Yeah, no, this game's going to sell crazy. Obviously, you know, it's the number one selling FIFA or the number one selling soccer slash football, wherever you're at in the world. It's the number one selling of that genre every single year. This year's going to be no different. So uh, two more releases we have coming to PlayStation 4 Gundam Versus. It says here, uh, obviously Gundam versus. It says coordinate and lay waste to your rivals in fierce two versus two fighting combat iconic to the Gundam versus series. Features online match play, uh, online matchmaking using a worldwide server. So get ready to fight against the best players on the planet. Leveraging the power of the PlayStation 4 and Unreal Engine, Gundam versus features all new environmental destruction, landscape deformation, and dynamic lighting effects. Choose between two different awakening systems, Blaze Gear and Lightning Gear, each with their own characteristics that enhance melee combat, augment lock-on range, and more. Obviously, if you're a fan of Gundam, this is a 2 versus 2 Gundam game. I mean, I haven't played a Gundam game in a very long time, but uh, I used to be down with Gundam. I used to play Gundam games all the time. I don't know if you're yeah. a fan of Gundam. I watched the cartoon, or the anime, if you will. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to pick this up, but... I, I could see the appeal with this, so we'll see. Our last release for this week, also Friday, September 29th, a little thing called the SNES Classic, and with it, Star Fox 2, never before released. 
So yeah. unfortunately, both Alfred and Carol and I's shipment has been delayed through Amazon. We're now getting it on October 11th. Um, hopefully it doesn't get delayed further than that. If it does, I might just have to go find one in store. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm actually really disappointed. I wanted to I wanted to stream this. Not that I have a capture card right now to do it anyway, but I wanted to stream some, some SNES Classic on Twitch. Um, obviously, I can't do that now. But uh, I'm still interested. I, I, I watched some unboxing videos. Obviously, you know, we didn't get an early copy for unboxing. But uh, I watched Kind of Funny's unboxing. I watched IGN's. I watched GameSpot's. I mean, it had me so excited to, to actually unbox my own. And then Game Explain had a video up that actually showed, like, the menu music for the SNES Classic. So I checked that out just to kind of hear what it sounded like. Huge smile came to my face as soon as I saw that. So I am so ready to jump in with the SNES Classic. I can't uh, yeah, you, you and me both. I can't freaking wait for this to come out. Um, like I said, hopefully our shipment doesn't get delayed much later than uh, that October 11th that our original email said last month. Haven't seen any more emails on it since, so hopefully it's still staying strong at October 11th. But we shall see um, as it gets closer. But uh, yeah, if it, if it does get delayed again, obviously Nintendo has already committed and they said that they're going to release more SNES classics on day one than the, than the entirety that the NES classics saw last year. So if even if honestly, dude, if I had the money this Friday, I'd probably they're going to make one. they're going to make 301 of them. <laughs> no, they're going to make more than like two million on day one. Um, if I had the money right now, I'd probably go look for one on Friday just because I want this right now. I'm just so ready. Like, I'm so down. I want to jump back in with these games. I want to play Star Fox 2. I want to play Star Fox again. I want to, I want to, like we just talked about on BG Mania this past week, I want to play Super Mario World again. I want to play Secret of Mana. I've never played Secret of Mana, and I'm going to play Secret of Mana. I know you're insane. It's such a good game. I can't wait for you to play it. I'm going to play. I can't wait to play it. It is going to happen. It's probably one of the first games I play. I think the first one I might play would be Super Mario World just because I want to jump back in through the traditional NES classic. I probably will because I, w- I want to play with the rewind fu- function. And yeah, that's a it's, it's a game where if I rewind, it's no big deal. Maybe I'll play gonna... Punch Out so I can rewind my way to the victory. That's so cheesy. <laughs> but no, obviously, um, we you and I are not going to have impressions of this on next week's episode because we're not getting it yet. So hopefully, Amazon will get it to us by mid October, like they've said. But that is all finally for this week for new releases, and that is actually it for the podcast. Unless you have anything else you would like to discuss. Little tidbit, little, little 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 snippet. Okay, cool, cool. I want to air my grievances with the Sony Corporation. Okay, what do we got? Sony, I appreciate you putting me into the 5.0 beta. I really do. Okay, I th- I think it was really nice of you to let a nice, beautiful young man like myself into your program. <laughs> However, you also forced another update on me of 4.78. So what you did was you actually kicked me out of the beta, locking out all the cool you functions. You didn't have to update to 4.78 automatically downloaded on my ps4 uh so i managed to have that beta for all of 20 minutes that's really weird because i'm also in the 5.0 beta and i have mine set to automatic updates but i did not get the forced update for 4.78 sony i am doubly mad at you that you do not kick brian out of this beta. <laughs> it seems like this might be something yeah i think it only affected you man sorry no no it, it, it's happened to a lot of people uh thankfully they say that the next update we're all going to be kicked back up to it so uh, it'll be 5.06 so we'll, we'll be fine but yes i'm a little upset okay especially now hearing that brian get to keep it not cool <laughs> all right I spit in the uh, face of those that want to be cool. <laughs> but other than that, I have nothing else. I think we said it all. All right. Well, once again, we want to thank everyone for sticking with us and listening to Max Level. If you enjoyed what we had to say, like and share this video and leave a comment down below if you're watching the video version of this podcast. If you didn't like what we had to say, let us know that too. 
Don't you dare. After you're done, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us over on Twitter at OriginalLDG and on Twitch.tv slash LevelDownGames for all of our live streams. If you're listening on either iTunes or Google Play, remember to leave us a rating and a review if you haven't done so already. It helps us in terms of search results. Doing all or any of those things will ensure that you never miss an episode of Max Level and will also allow you to catch the latest episodes of Game Oracles, our video game trailer show that uploads every Tuesday morning, BG Mania, our video game music podcast that posts every Wednesday morning, The Gorgeous Lads of Wrestling, a podcast dedicated to professional wrestling that posts every Thursday morning, and Bonus Stage, a mini game that we play every Wednesday morning. Plus, you'll be able to see all of our video reviews, the top 10 series every Friday morning, our unboxings, reaction videos, Let's Plays, and so much more. Of course, all this content can also be found on our main home on the internet, and hopefully yours as well, leveldowngames.com. We appreciate all the support and every single like, subscriber, and follower that we have received thus far. That's going to do it for this week, so until then, we will see you guys next week. Hi, guys. Hey, to the freedom.